from the darkness, from the dampness, from under rocks in the primordial ooze. Sometimes, small, single-celled organisms will crawl from the muck and eventually evolve into a podcast. Some of them learn to eat, to reproduce and thrive. Others become eaten, food for the more aggressive predators. Others attain the level of godlike status, often reaching episodes with numbers upwards of the number 200. Such a podcast is two true freaks. Will they save the universe or destroy it? There. I vote destroy. <laughs> that's, that's retarded. That is retarded. I say I vote I, I vote destroy the universe. Yeah, I, I say f- we destroy it and start over again. I say we let it go. <laughs> oh my uh, god. So is this it? Is this the show? I guess this is the show. I guess this is what people came to hear. Oh, I feel badly for them. Mm, They've waited. 200 episodes. This is going to be a big, awesome Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm so wasted. I'm barely conscious, man. I'm not good for nothing tonight. I wish I had some alcohol. I should have picked up some alcohol. I picked up chips and salsa, and then I'm I'm not even sitting here eating them. So. I've been drinking Clorox and rubbing alcohol, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just wrong. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm in su- search of the elusive bleached white turd. <laughs> Someday it's like the it's like the white buffalo of prophecy. When that happens, you know, the, the, the universe, you know, changes into whatever it's going to become next. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep you I'll keep you up on that. I'll keep you in, in tabs on that. Great. So how did we get here? I God almighty. This is this. You know, here's the thing is, you know. I- I didn't want to do a clip show because I hate clip shows. And well, let me ask you this right off the bat: <laughs> Do you do you listen to back episodes of our of the of our show? Oh, almost never. No, <laughs> I barely have time to keep up with like other people's. You know, I don't have time. I I just you know, it's it, whenever it comes down to choice to listening to something, it's I try. I, I almost always choose something new. You know because. Yeah. Uh, because I'm actually going to be listening to something, and and oftentimes I'm editing our show, so that's the, ne- the last thing I want to hear again is our voices just talking, and <laughs> and especially like an old episode where you know we weren't as awesome as we are now. You that's know, that's the thing hear... is you know I I can totally see where you know we we are the best thing on the internet now, but now. Yeah, I, you know, but I, it wasn't always back. like that. You know, I want no, I want to stress not. that to people who think that you know that that, that we've been awesome coming out the gate, and the people who come out and you know they they come out with their new podcast and it kind of sucks, and they they're like, well, shit, you know, why, I I might as well just you know I might as well just stop now because Two True Freaks was you know like fully you know we like popped out of the womb you know in a in a <laughs> business suit with a briefcase in our hands. But no, it wasn't like that. No, not it was at definitely all. Not. 
you know, because I, I I entertained the idea of a clip show, or or not necessarily like a like an entire clip show, but using pieces of of prior right. you know, episodes. I think I made it about maybe ten episodes before I just kind of lost interest because. <laughs> Well, it'd you be know, like, hey, let's listen to a clip from our first episode. <laughs> you know, it's about that bad, too. Yeah, because, you know, we I, I had the clunky headphones for a long time, you know, and <laughs> yeah, shit, it, it, it has that. it has definitely been an evolutionary process. But I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of where we're at now. I, I, oh, I me think too. for at least a year now, we've been nailing it. I think we've really been putting out some some quality stuff. But it's 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 been a it's been a process. Yeah. And I mean, if you mean by quality, to... like better than everything else. Yeah, if that's what you yeah. want to set as your level of quality. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm content. Yeah, that that's always okay. been my my level in in life. It's just. Well. just I don't have to be the best. I just want to be better than everybody else. Okay. You know? so, and, okay, and I, I guess that, I, that's acceptable. I always try to aim a little higher than that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to I get to the point where people just hear us in their fillings, you know. <laughs> We're going to beam it out by microwave. Yeah. But, uh, you're, you're walking down the street and everybody who's ever had a cavity, you just hear, like, my voice going... <laughs> like out of the depths of their mouth. Got him high. How did we get here? I don't know. How did we get here? We just we just decided to uh, to jump on the the podcast bandwagon at at some point. Well, it was yeah, it was more like one of those like kitty wagons that you you drag around as a kid. A re- what are they? Red Rider? Not a Red Rider. That's a BB gun that you put your eye out with. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Radio Flyer? Radio Flyer, yes. <laughs> that was more the bandwagon we were jumping on. Well, not, you know, now, it, I mean, that was back in the 70s when, you know, A, sound equipment wasn't up to snuff and cost, you know, if you wanted anything decent, it cost a million dollars. And there weren't a lot of podcasts in the 70s, you know? There wasn't a big. It wasn't a big the the big deal it is now, you know, the right. multinational, you know, billion dollar generating business that it is now. It was just basically, you know, a bunch of, you know, shaggy 70s people, you know, doing their thing and and that sort of stuff. Well, you know, you and I when we were kids, you know, there we we had entertained the idea of of doing some sort of uh some sort of amateur radio recording skit type of, you know, some pseudo, you know, you know, comedy thing in, in the vein of like a Monty Python or something, but through the filter of two, you know, middle school to Idiots. high school age <laughs> kids, you know, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. And, you know, we, we toyed with the idea, but the tech wasn't there or anything, you know, and then. You know, no, the tech was your stupid was your stupid stereo with with the broken yeah. off play record button that like you had to like I can't remember what you used to stick in there to so you it was could like the hit piece the pause of a button pen or something, or something like that yeah to, yeah 
but you know, then you know, then we we graduated and and went our separate ways, and you know, I went into the service, and when I came back from Serpo and all that, I found that you know there had been this like quantum leap in in technology, you know, to where all of a sudden there was you know podcasts were were so prevalent and all this, and I was like wanted to just totally be on that shit, you know. So that's when we we got back together and we're like, hey, you know tech has finally caught up with with this idea we'd had all these years ago and here we are yeah we're sort of like george lucas in that fashion with his <laughs> with his wonderful uh special editions of the original trilogy yes <laughs> <laughs> this if you this want podcast is sort of the special edition of our of our battle in outer space wars recordings that we used to do as kids that's true in a lot of ways that it is. is actually that is actually very true very sad, but very true. But, uh, uh, you know. I would love to get a time machine and have teenage, like, you and me as your son's age, like, listen to this podcast and see what they... Oh, they'd like it because we'd swear a lot, basically. So, you know, fuck, 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 fuck. And then... <laughs> <laughs> like, s- snorting milk out their nose and stuff. You know, I've listened to so many anniversary shows that other podcasts have done, and I'm I never know how to do one of my own. You know, because it's like, all right, what do you go for? Do you go for the sappy? Do you go for the comedy? You know, do you try to strike some balance? Do you do the stupid, you know, clip show? Do you do the, you know, all the guests wishing you well and congrats? You know what? It's it's all been done. It's like, what the hell do you do? Well, it's like, how did we sort of did how we got here in episode 100. So it's like, yeah. So so how did we get here from episode 101 to episode 200, you know? Yeah. And the only way to do to to address that is sort of by a clip show or whatever. And God damn it. I could if I could tell you exactly what happened in those (laughs) hundred episodes, you know, exactly which. You know, I could say, well, we've made a lot. We've made a hundred more podcasts. I want to do it a different way. I want to I want to kind of approach it uh, from a whole different perspective is just looking back briefly through the filter of of our shitty memories and, and things like that. And just a brief look back at, you know, the the highlights, the low points what did we love? What did we hate? What would we do differently? What would we never do again? That sort of thing. And I'll, I'll kind of kick it off with this comment. I hear this all the time when other shows get to some milestone and one of the hosts will ask the other host, did you think we'd ever get here? You know? And they're like, no man, you know, a hundred episodes or 200 episodes or 500 episodes, whatever. And they're all like, no, you know, I never really, I never had any doubt. Did you ever have any doubt when we started this and we realized right off the bat that we were having such a fucking blast doing this show and well, having I'm, so much fun. I'm the king of the long-term art project. I've had right. like a, I, I had a, you know, and of, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a band that I've been in for 20 years, just about just on the edge of 20 years. I did a TV show with another guy, you know, another guy and, uh, well, no, it was, uh, it was, three other people but it was primarily me and one other person and that went for like seven years i think something like that so i mean i'm willing to stick with an art project as long as it's is working you know as long as it's working and you're having fun why not stick with it because it's just gonna evolve or whatever and you're having fun you know so you know why why so 
easy too because it's you and me <laughs> you know it's not yeah. like you know it's not like i had to um this is gonna sound so weird i was gonna say feel you out but you know what i mean it's not like i had to feel you out as as a as a new friend and a new colleague and strike up a friendship and a, and a working dine and fuck we've right. had all that all these right. years you know we know each other so well and have always been such good and so um, we could we could fall right into this i mean there really was no learning curve at all it was just like dude let's just get together and do this thing and that's what it's been right from the get-go and i think if there's any you know secret to our success and i'm saying that doing the air quote finger thing you know then that's what it is, is it's that we're just friends, you know, hanging out, doing what we would do this shit off the air, you know? Well, I was we waiting. I was, do it I was waiting. Well, we would, we would just, whenever we would catch up, we'd get on the phone for five or six hours, right. you know, usually in the wee hours of the night or starting in the like later hours of the night and then going into the wee hours of the night or whatever. Right. But, uh, I, I, what was I going to say? But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've obviously we fine tuned stuff and and put a little more format than than at the in the beginning of it. But yeah, I mean, I mean the the format is there. You know, it's basically just you know put some caffeine or something in either one of us, throw in a topic, and we'll start we'll start right. talking. I mean, if there's I'll tell you that's that's one big thing for me personally that's come out of this is learning how to to edit, you know how how to how to work the the you know the sound and scoring and all that. I've been, I've actually enjoyed that. Whereas when I first started doing it, I I really dreaded it. I was like, ah, oh, you know, this is going to be a lot of work, and you know, and it is. You know, it's funny. I it's it, what really amuses me is when I hear a new podcast start up and I'm listening to it and it seems like inevitably within the first couple of episodes I hear somebody involved with the show go god damn this is a lot of work you know because I, I think people that don't podcast they just don't realize that it is a shitload a of process. work yeah. you know and when you've got a high standard and a, and a high production value then that work just you know, it, it increases exponentially. You know, it's hard enough to just sit down, talk for, say, an hour or two, and then, you know, whittle that down and, and, you know, slap an opener and a closer on it and put it out and call it a show. That process alone is laborious and lengthy and, and can be very tedious and what. Then when you start throwing in, you know, an underscore and throwing in little sound clips and funny bits and commercials and everything else holy shit are you talking well, a serious commitment of time you well, know you see i that that wasn't as bad you know for for me it was more of learning to use the equipment the the, the editing gear because i've been editing video for you know since i was in college and it was always a joy it was always something that like the only time that i really actually was kind of like eh about video was at first when i would work on actual three-quarter inch video decks and you would have basically a tv in the middle in front of you and then up top the way it was set up there you would have a tv on the left and a tv on the right and you would be editing using those and and so you'd be looking at what one tv with your left eye one tv with your right eye and then down crossing them in the middle for that 
and you would come out of there with your head just like throbbing. But right. you know, once it got translated onto a computer, then that's when the real when we were doing like like that TV show and I'd be at it. That's when the real joy, you know, I started really experiencing the joy of editing. And audio editing is not really any different than video editing, but you know, I knew you would take to it because you have you think and you you know you're a soundtrack buff. You're when you're watching a movie, you're looking at all the elements and stuff. So it didn't take you long at all to to start you know doing you know high quality sounding stuff to the point of where nobody knew. The point where you know there was a point where I was basically editing all the shows, and then once you got you got up and running and you started editing the shows, I think it was seamless. I don't think anybody ever was like, "Sounds like there's somebody new doing the sound editing on this," you know. And right, people who listen to a song enough can probably tell like some of the touches that are more like what you would do and what I would do and stuff like that. But I'd been, you see, I I don't know, I'd been waiting for years to figure out some sort of and all I could ever think of was like a movie script or a book or something, some sort of some sort of project that that we could work on because I knew we had a good you know creative process between the two of us. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. so I, I I was always saying we should write a book or something. You'd always be like, yeah, okay, you know. And then uh, you know, podcasting came along, and that's just that was just perfect. That's just like yeah, and it's something we could do. Over, I remember listening to Half Hour Wasted, and then you telling me, "Oh yeah, they're not even in the same room. They're, you know, they're doing that over the computer." And once right. I realized that was possible, you know, without it sounding like you know you were getting your voice put through a Quasinart and, and then put back together on the <laughs> other side, that's when I was. That's when I started getting really excited about the because po- the possibilities are endless now. You know, it's basically I've I've always like dreamed of having like my own radio station or tv station or whatever and now it's possible now everybody's got their own radio station and tv station it's amazing (laughs) well you know what's really funny to me is you know it it, it took a while and i know that i've probably driven you absolutely nuts over the years with this show (laughs) of you know constantly whining and crying about oh god i wish the numbers were better but you know suddenly in the in the past what would you say probably probably 18 months or whatever all of a sudden you know we've gone from from this little thing to just you know i mean we're the biggest thing on the internet i mean come on i mean and an average month 16 trillion downloads it's pretty awesome yeah there's nothing there's nothing like that on the internet but there's not even porn we're beating porn i mean does does it ever just totally flabbergast you still no. the fact that people actually listen to us because that's no. still really kind of because that's what they're supposed to do listen <laughs> right. and pay no, attention I know that's the point. <laughs> i'm just saying does it ever still kind of kind of grab you where you're like yeah yeah, yeah. Where, when 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 okay say i look at a show and i see like oh 300 people have listened to that show that means like average show that means 600 hours of our blah 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 voices have gone you know playing through some speaker somewhere somewhere in the world you know all over the world most you know half more than half in the united states but spread out all over the world that's insane you know yes. you know there's there's 
there's people who were, you know, authors in the in the 1800s who probably did not have as as much. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's call it attention time. You know, whether right. somebody's reading their book or listening to something, you know, getting getting 600 hours of well, actually, a, a, a best-selling author could get 600 hours of of attention time but it would be a damn lot of work and it would take a lot of paper and manpower to transport it and you know what i'm saying and and that's Plus there's a there's a there's a, a greater um intimacy and and um and immediacy to listening to some, especially someone who's impassioned like we are you know who i i think we really do most of the time, we really lay our souls bare. Yeah, you know, we're kind of like the Bono how... of podcasting world. Oh, really. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, did I say Bono? I mean, we're kind of like the Sonny Bono. Of, Sonny Bono, yeah, there you of go. podcasting world. Yes, I often go down a hill right into a tree. Yes. I'm trying to... Uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, and, it, it you got, and you got married way beyond your... Um, your um oh what would you I, call it your yeah. station or whatever yes, I did. <laughs> just like yes, Sonny Bono I did. <laughs> this is very true there you go you can tell <laughs> you can tell your wife that like you know, you know honey i just realized your share <laughs> yeah right i don't know sunny bono and your share tell her that that'll get her all hot she'll be like oh yeah my husband's sunny bono <laughs> That's awesome. You're such a dork. Go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is very true, though. But no, it, it does. It freaks you know because I've actually met people now that know me best through the show, and I can tell when they're meeting me in real life that. There's a there's a weird disconnect there where they're looking at me and 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 there, there's an unreality in their eyes that that whoa this person that I've been listening to and and because they come familiar with through his voice he here he is flesh and blood in front of me and it's it's a weird I he, can tell it looks like some like medical monstrosity <laughs> I, I pictured him being like. <laughs> tall and handsome and stuff and then I get this you know it's like frightening I get it all the time I get the same thing all the time except just sort of the reverse they're like <laughs> I pictured you as some like big fat poindexter with with no hair and then they see like you know my chiseled muscular physique and my Fabio like long hair which I you know sort of carelessly toss back and they go really that's the voice that's that that nasally geeky voice behind two true freaks it belongs to the this adonis <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> moving on oh i man. don't know where well, do we want to go from here well you know I, I it was funny you were talking earlier about the secret to our success because I, I i think you know okay yeah just having fun is good but there's also being like having a plan and being organized to some extent, you know, right, knowing yeah. I'm going to do this, you know, 
and we, you know every show we're go- we're gonna have this happen and stuff you know within the first you know minute of the show you're gonna hear the opening credits and then shit <laughs> we should What's do wrong? we should do the opening credits we haven't done the fucking opening credits yet oh, whoops and here i am lecturing about um organization fucking how illogical I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. His most imperious majesty, Jabba the Hutt, says, then transfer out, freak. Two, true, Along in the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to kick bubblegum and chew ass, and I'm all out of ass. No, wait. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, flower-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dark-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, hurt-ass, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit, where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet. Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. Welcome to episode 200 of Two True Freaks. Holy I, shit. I am Chris Honeywell. And I am Scott Gardner. All right, hang on, man. You're jumping the gun and swearing <laughs> earlier. You're jumping right in, man. You're getting all excited on our big bicentennial show. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're here from Two True Freaks Central with our, with our 200th show. Uh, we're all excited. We've got a big, big itinerary planned. Uh, um... Scott, tell us what we're gonna we're gonna start them off with as a little Episode appetizer. Two hundred. Well, it's like I said in the in the in the beginning, you know, when we were just kind of talking. It's it's in not that I ever doubted that we would make it to two hundred. It's that I, I guess if I had any doubt, it was that we would be allowed to make it to number two hundred. I thought for sure we'd get at least one cease and desist by now from somebody. I I always so am far, just waiting for the man to 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 shut me down, but right. for some reason I think the man is actually kind of intimidated by us. Well, Stan is like what, like eighty something now, and he's pretty frail, so you know. Oh yeah! Oh, I break his kneecaps, you know, within the first ten seconds. <laughs> I'd apologize so. afterwards, and I'd ask for an autograph. But <laughs> <laughs> if it came down to that, yeah, I could take him. <laughs> so what we're gonna do for uh, for? Uh, we'll just kind of see how this goes. I was gonna say for the bulk of the episode, but let's just see how this damn thing goes. All right, for those that don't know, we have a forum, which you can find at forumforgeeks.com. 
And on that forum a while ago, we had this great thread startup that was called uh, Freakish Requests Part 2. And I don't remember what the hell Freakish Requests Part 1 was about. It might have anyway, been way, it might have been like on the other, the CGS forum. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, you're right. So at some point in the beginning, the early stages of this really cool thread, people started asking us just like weird questions and stuff, just random questions. And it hit me after not long that, uh, you know, we should really stockpile and, and request questions from people and start stockpiling all these cool questions for a, a new edition of something we tried to do way, way, way back, you know, in the in the early, early days of Two True Freaks. I think we actually tried to do it way before we were really ready to try to do something like that as far as really having, you know, the listener numbers and the listener participation, you know, because that's one great thing about our show. We have great listener participation, you know, the listeners... You know, they go on the forum, they send us, you know, feedback, they talk with us on Skype and stuff. I mean, we really have great interaction from the listeners. But when we tried to do this the first time around, we, we weren't quite there yet. So this is basically take two of something that we dubbed way back when Grill the Freaks, which is just ask us questions is all it came down to. So we've got just pages and pages and pages of just solicitations from the listeners, you know, things that you guys want to know the answers, you know, burning questions that you want to know the answers to. And some of them are straight up. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them are wacky and weird. So we're just going to kind of dive into this grill the freaks uh, section and just, <laughs> just see what shakes out, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we'll let it all hang out and see yeah. what shakes out. Excuse so, me while I whip this whip out. this out. So what do you think? Uh, who wants to who wants to take this and run with it here in the beginning? Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll start this out. Is um the first person to jump on it was uh actually somebody uh who does a show on the Two True Freaks with us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, El Jacone mm-hmm. is on the Vault of Startling Monster Horror ter- Tales of Terror Luke podcast. Luke Jacinetti. And uh, he he nailed us with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like right in a row. Crap. So I'm just. You know, get- before we dive into this, I, I do want to throw one thing out there real quick. You and I had I don't know if you ever did it, but you and I had talked off the air about going through this and and doing a little prep for all this. I never did. So everything is going to be. Completely we're just we're just reading through this thread. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're basically if you I, go. I, I if hope you, I'm awake and witty enough to to give the answers that that I want, where I won't listen to this later and go, shit, I should have said this, and I should, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh well, uh, it's I mean literally, there's so many questions here. It's gonna be like throwing spaghetti up against the wall to see what sticks, you know? Right. If, yeah. If 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 we start crashing and burning, I guess we could just move on real quick. All right. So, what's the worst movie you ever paid money to see in the theater? Um, I would have to say Candyman. That movie sucked, and I paid a dollar for it, and I demanded my money back and got it. By the way, it might be mine. Might be Congo is one that I almost walked out on, and I'm not even sure 
why it was and I was there with my girlfriend and we were both in total agreement about 20 minutes into the movie that that even though I love giant gorillas that this mo- movie kind of sucked giant gorilla balls speaking of <laughs> second ball reference in the, I guess that goes along with both worst movies alright next question how would you guys cast a remake reimagining of Star Trek of Star Wars Ooh. this could be an entire episode in, its, in itself so I'm going to make this answer short and sweet um, remake reimagining of Star Trek I would go with the cast that we got for the J.J. Abrams one, but I'm over time I've come to the conclusion that I think my biggest problem with that one is I wish that they hadn't tried to connect it in any way whatsoever to the original Star Trek. I think they should have just done their movie and and left Nimoy and Shatner and everybody else out of it, the original timeline of it, just come out with a brand new Star Trek and let the fans bitch and complain or whatever. But in the long run, I think I'd have been happier with that than what what they did. Um, of Star Wars, I don't think that they should ever remake or reimagine Star Wars in any way whatsoever. I like the idea that you and I talked about way back in one of our very first episodes of doing CGI sequels, you know, and either getting like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford to do the voices or, you know, getting mimics, you know, getting getting sound alike actors and, and doing, you know, the further adventures of Luke and Han and Leia, but you know, as a, as CGI. Because I, I just uh, that that thought that one day I hope I'm dead and long you know, I hope I'm long dead and buried if they ever do remake Star Wars. You know? I, I that the thought of them doing that just makes me shudder, you know? I hope that never happens. But if it does, I hope I'm long gone by the time it does. Because that, if I'm not, that could kill me. I, I would do like you with Star Trek, and I would save the cast of this reboot because I really like that cast. Mm-hmm. And I would set them in a training mode with Pike as their captain, and mm-hmm. and them them learning. I've, I've I've harped on that a bunch of times. Star Wars, I would recast Star Wars with all the actors, living actors from all the different Star Treks. Just because every nerd would go to pay to see it just to <laughs> see, you know, who played who, you know, and probably, you know, um, Patrick Stewart would get to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. He would be a decent Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right, what's your best celebrity encounter story besides talking on the phone to uh, Luke Jack and Eddie, of course? <laughs> Um, God, I, I was really, I was looking ahead on the list here, trying to think of what my answer is. I don't know. I, you know, the one I think I'm proudest of, and the one that I've repeated the most often is when you and I were at Dragon Con and we ran to catch that elevator, and I wound up eyeballs to belly button with Peter Mayhew. That I, that just was a thrill for me. That's you know, that's that a was classic. pretty awesome. Yeah, that's I a think classic. that would probably be either that or uh, or listening to. Uh, Gil Gerard bitch about Mexicans was pretty good too. I like that one, but you know, I mean, it's not like I've met a whole lot of celebrities. I really haven't. You know, I've I've met a few. You know, a, cu- a couple weeks ago, well, it's probably a couple months ago by this point. But uh, you know, I just happened to just completely at random, I ran into Peter David at work. You know, that was pretty cool. But uh, I, I would I would probably go with the Peter Mayhew. Yeah. 
That, that was that's a that good, was really that's cool. a good solid one. I can, I literally have too many <laughs> to wow. to to. I mean, come on, the the choices between the, of the memorable ones. Well, then there, there's like there's like people that it's just like holy shit, I met X, and then there's like people that I genuinely like idolize and got to meet and like Chuck D from Public Enemy was one of those that was just amazing to get to to meet Chuck D um and Daniel Johnson the singer songwriter guy that was surreal in its insaneness but then there's the Spice Girls oh Christ um I met Iggy Pop and Dee Dee Ramone Outside, while I was talking to all the female horn players from Roy Wood's band, so I had like this '60s band that I loved as a kid, and then the punk rock stuff that I loved it as an adult, all meeting at the same time. And Iggy Pop actually headbutted me, so that was pretty insane. <laughs> and uh, and Dee Dee Ramone was dead within a year after that, sadly. But a uh, Hulk Hogan was a great encounter um you know uh, the, the, there's there's a lot of them where oh yeah you know i i was working backstage so i'd see him walking around or seen him doing something but it's the it's the actual encounters with him that that are but man yeah i i could just yeah i could go on and on uh buckwheat zydeco just one of the greatest you know cajun zydeco accordion players gave me a lesson once because I gave him some free bottled water. So <laughs> that was a big thrill. Yeah, too many. Too many to count. Too many to count. All right, uh, what's the wackiest, most bizarre, strangest collectible you own? Oh, God. Oh. I, you know, I don't I was really racking my brains over this one, too. I... Oh, I know. I just I need to throw something out there. I I can't think of anything. What you you go? What what do you got for that one? Anything? Well, like my favorite collectible, like nerd thing is actually it's it's a Beatles nerd thing. It's those ink blots that John Lennon made. Yeah. That's like that, but that's not really. I don't know if that's considered wacky. And yeah. once again, my house is a museum. Of my collectibles, maybe like, you know, my uh, pornographic Star Wars toys section. <laughs> the, the the unintentionally pornographic Star Wars toys with the Jar Jar lollipop that is his tongue. And you actually push the lollipop. It's a Jar Jar mouth. And when you push the lollipop from below, his tongue comes out and his mouth opens. And then you are expected to go blah, 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 and suck on Jar Jar's tongue. This isn't very, very bad. That's disgusting. Yeah, and then I had two battery-powered, and you would think it's, you, you know, the coincidence thing started to wear off when uh, it was by the same company, too, and they, they were spinning lollipop. Um... No, actually, the lollipops didn't spin, but the, they were like a, a you know, like a, a round, you know, sort of dum dum shaped lollipop. And there was one of um, Darth Maul, and there was one of Qui Gon, and they both were lightsaber, holding the lightsabers, and they were 
hooked into a battery pack, and when you push the button, they would do something with their live with their with their lightsaber. Excellent. And <laughs> what Darth Maul did looked very similar to you know something a young male may do around puberty <laughs> hundreds of times a week what's going on over there where where Qui-Gon was just holding his lightsaber out in front of him and held forward in a very you know sort of erect fashion let's say and then he would lift it up and go whack 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 against his own crotch so, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's on my Star Star Wars side. All right, what are your favorite nerd snacks? That is, when sitting down to a big night of sci-fi on TV, what do you nosh on? I have an incredible weakness for Sour Patch Kids. Ooh, that's really funny because I am a Twizzlers person, and they are like cousins. I think <laughs> Twizzlers and Sour Patch Kids. I like Sour Patch Kids too, but like going back to that previous one, the oh, wackiest, sorry. most bizarre, strangest. No, I, I just I, yeah, I finally came up with something. Um, I I'm gonna throw two of them out real quick, just because I'm looking around the room, going like I know I've got to have something wacky looking at me. Um, I have a nice collection. I know it's not complete by any stretch, but I have a very nice collection of. Star Wars Dixie Cups that uh, yeah. were put out where they were just printed. You know, they had printed pictures and stories and stuff on them, and I've kept them all these years because the art on them is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I've always liked those. And it's kind of odd, and I don't know of anybody else who has any of them, but I just always thought that they were really cool. So that's a pretty odd collectible, I would say. Okay, and we hit the we hit our snacks. Another thing I got to say about snacks is I, I don't snack a lot during, like if I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, a lot of times what I do is I time it with a meal, and I sit down like while the movie's starting, and I'll have a I'll have like you know dinner in front of me, and mm-hmm. I'll eat it, and then like the last half of the movie or three quarters of the movie, I'll just be able to lean back with my hands on my guts going. <laughs> Maybe have a little dessert, you know, in there. <clears throat> All right. Of the various and sundry films, TV shows, comics, etc., that you guys discuss, what is your favorite monster and your favorite robot? Ugh. I would, off the top of my head, I would say my favorite monster is, is Frankenstein. I've always said, or, you know, Frankenstein's monster. I always yes. had a, a, an affinity for Frankenstein's monster, both in like say like the hammer films and uh and then marvel's frankenstein monster series that they did was great i loved that and i would still love to do a a, a, you know like a whole episode or a series or something in some podcast about that because i i think it's underappreciated you know i think it's almost unknown these days and it was a great series i really enjoyed it as far as favorite robot that's a tough one because i Never really big on robots, but if I had to pick one just off the top of my head, I'd, I'd say R2-D2, because he's the first one I can remember ever really, like, really loving, you know, really thinking that he was really cool and I'd, I'd like to own one. I still would like to own one. I'd still like to own an, an R2 unit, so I'll say R2. Yeah, who, yeah. Um, well, my favorite monster, I'm going to go by Nightmares Generated, and that would have to be Zombies. 
I ha- mm. I've had some great zombie nightmares as a kid. And number two would be vampires. I've had a lot of... Le- yeah. After seeing Salem's Lot, I had a lot of good vampire dreams. Good as in, like, waking up in a cold sweat with your heart going... And going, holy shit, I'm alive because I was dreaming. Thank God. Because <laughs> I was about to die. And th- and third would be the alien from Alien and Aliens. I had, But I only had one nightmare involving aliens, but it was a corker. And my favorite <laughs> robot um, would easily have to be Robbie the Robot. Sorry, I was giving myself an oil job. Because I because uh, uh, I loved Robbie the Robot. Robbie the Robot was before I ever saw Star Wars too. You know, I saw Forbidden Planet and yeah, and and in other in all his different incarnations. So, yeah, I love Robbie the Robot. There's just something something awesome about him. He's he's that mixture of an actual, almost plausible robot, and the old school clunky tin can suit, you know. But his 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 design is just awesome, especially the original Forbidden Planet one with the domed head instead of the guy with the like, you know, bathroom neon, you know, bathroom incandescent light head. All right, next question: What was the deal with Hook? Hmm, I'm wondering what he means by that. I don't know. Well, the thing, uh, I, all I know is the deal with Hook is I have it. I have a copy of Hook downloaded on my computer, and pretty soon Scott and I will do a either a commentary or a show on Hook because it's one of the few Spielberg movies I haven't seen, and it's one of Scott's favorites. So, yeah, it's definitely. Uh- my, my short answer would just be that uh, I, I don't think people were, were familiar enough with the source material going into the movie, and it was it was viewed as a failure. I have no idea what, what it did box office. My, my understanding was that it didn't do very well. I thought it was an incredible movie. I, I thought it was absolutely a, a wonderful movie. I think it, it captured very much an old-school uh, Disney feel very well. Um, why it didn't do better... I don't know. I think it's a number of factors, but I think the biggest one being that people just didn't understand what Spielberg was going for, whereas I felt like the movie spoke right to me. So, all right, next one, next post here. It's also from uh, Luke Giaconetti. He just wants to know, do you like movies about gladiators? Screw you, man. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I do not like movies about gladiators, and it's funny that you ask because my wife rented that goddamn movie Gladiator with who's in that Russell Crowe, and it sat on top of our entertainment center for like six months. We played it's Ridley we, Scott, right? It can't be too horrible. I think I saw that, and it wasn't that horrible. Yeah, but we paid so much in late fees for that movie. We could have bought like five copies of it, and we never did watch it. So. It's just, it's ridiculous. You have 10 minutes alone with any writer, director, artist, etc. that you dislike. Uh, What would you say or do to them? And the same question with one that you like or that you love. So it would be well, the first one 10 minutes alone with any writer. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick Grant Morrison and. It says, what do you say? Oh, it does say, what do you do to them? Um, 
I'd like to beat the living shit out of him. That's what I'd like to do to him. Uh, as far as the that you love, well, I mean, I've I've had that experience. You know, one of my favorite writers is uh, is Roger Stern, and I've gotten to meet him several times and just had an interesting conversation with him. You know, told him how much I really appreciate you know his work and uh, and how much it's meant to me and that sort of thing. So. But yeah, I, I actually I, I favor that first scenario a lot more because I would love to just beat Grant Morrison to a, within about an inch of his life because he fucking pisses me off. Um, somebody that I dislike, it would be Roland Emmerich, the director. And I would basically what I would say or do is I would dress up as Kathy Bates in Misery and I would in 10 minutes recreate that entire movie. <laughs> except that I wouldn't let him kill me at the end. And then hopefully maybe he might do a good movie, you know, from, you know, the recovery from his pain and suffering. And uh, 10 Minutes Alone with the writer, director, uh, it would be it would be Kurt Vonnegut back from the, from the grave. <laughs> and I would just shoot the shit with him. I would just talk about something mundane. I would just love to be in the same room and... and speak with with Kurt Vonnegut that would be like yeah uh, I couldn't imagine anything better than that well I can imagine plenty of things better than that but as far (laughs) as like intellectual conversation with an artist that would be my first choice that question was from R. Hagen by the way Reagan. <laughs> All right. Maybe that's how you say it. I don't know. All right. Now we've got one from Aplock, who we now know is uh, is Andy, Andy Whelan. Yeah, he says, do either of you like The Last Starfighter? It was even a Marvel comic book. Yes, I yes. loved The Last Starfighter. And uh, one of these days we are going to do an episode. That remind, the, a, lot of the, a lot of this whole thread was to remind us to maybe do something or remind right. us not to do something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next uh, next question is a, is a set of a set of questions from... A, a long time listener and um, and writer into the show and and uh, well no I'm I'm getting him uh, I'm I I'm misreading <laughs> it because it, it, this is Madney yeah you're thinking Madney. this is May yeah I I just saw M and <laughs> I just said M and yeah yeah but uh and well he's been he's been posting for a long time too so he's got mm-hmm. some questions. If your 18-year-old self could see you today, what would they say? Jesus, you're fat. (laughs) (laughs) Mine would say, so what do I have to do to avoid this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, next question. If you go back and tell your 18-year-old self anything, what would it be? Eighteen-year-old self, what would it be? See, that's here's the problem with that scenario: is that you know, unlike what what we learn in movies, that you know, movies or comics when they reboot origin stories and shit like that. I think everything in your life leads you to the point you're at now, and I'm so happy with where I'm at in my life right now after a very long, long, long period of time of not being happy with where I'm at that 
I, I think that I wouldn't appreciate where I'm at now had had it not been for the extreme lows that I've experienced in my life. So it, it, it'd be very easy to say, I'd, you know, I tell my 18 year old self, you know, don't do this or don't do that or dump this girlfriend or don't ever get involved with this, you know, situation or whatever. But put it all then to do who you are today. Exactly. Yeah, that, Mr. that's Wonderful. exactly the thing. You know, I mean, not to. Maybe you would. T- maybe you should tell yourself not to eat so many cheeseburgers. Maybe you know, or something <laughs> you. like that. <laughs> if you let stops um, at the, the home of the Whopper, you know what? It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing either. You know, I, I think if I, all right, reading this question again, if I could go back and tell my eighteen years old self anything, what would it be? Um, I would I would give myself some definite financial advice about things I should have invested in or bought bought more copies of or something like that. So, yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be a you know make you know change this or you know whatever. It would be try to make a, a few more smarter financial decisions. I guess mine would be like mine would be like you're going to go to a Grateful Dead show. There's going to be two beautiful bisexual girls there are going to invite you into the tent they at this point in their life are looking to find just stray no strings attached men and have have wonderful sex with them on top of sleeping bags when they invite you into their tent pay attention and go into their tent (laughs) that is all (laughs) don't worry about anything else yeah 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 you're gonna get arrested no, I won't tell you how to avoid that. <laughs> Get on it. All right, next question. What's the average number of listeners you get a month? 16 trillion. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the that yeah, we were just discussing that. Mm-hmm. I think it's crude for us to discuss our actual numbers. It would be it's like divulging your your income and we don't want we don't want to make people jealous or make people actually know how pathetic our pocket, you know, that there's actually really only 15 people listening to it, you know, and they're like, wait, it's just us. <laughs> um, what is the most popular podcast series? Future Freaks. Yeah. Duh. Right. This is the story of my family. That's me. I'm Scott. There's Chris, my wonderful co-host, and our children, Josh, Jaina, John David, Jill, Jessa, Giuseppe, Ganymede, Jello, Guadalupe, Gallagher, Gomer, Goober, SpongeBob, Shenandoah, Tumor, Tupac, San Francisco, Betty Joe, Betty Lou, Betty Sue, Billy Jean, Billy Joe, Bobby Joe, Bobby Sue, Bobby Jean, Bobby Joe, Optimus Prime, Yahoo, Condoleezza Couscous, Cosmo, Dr. No, Shaniqua, Adolph, Cletus, Festus, Bocephus, Coolidge, Cooter, Del Monte, Enos, Eros, Beavis, Hemi, Harley Davison, Mork, Socrates, Domino, and Strawberry Daiquiri. If you lost count, that's 17 in all. Plus, we just won another three on eBay. We're not a typical family. In fact, you might say we're goddamn freaks. The children run naked, filthy, barefoot, and hungry while we mostly watch TV or surf the internet. As for school, we'll occasionally read to them from Who's Who, 
or the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. To make ends meet, we've taught the children to shoplift. Plus, we sell tickets so that folks can stare at them on the weekends. And even though we haven't any parental qualifications, sense of responsibility, or formal education, somehow we make it all work out. We're two true freaks and counting. Deacon and Geek is a podcast for the geek and everyone. Please join your host, Peregrine and D-Man, each week as they discuss all the things that geek guys love to talk about from the sci-fi, fantasy, and comic genres. For movies, TVs, comics, novels, and games, seek out Definitive Geek. Available on iTunes or at DefinitiveGeek.Podomatic.com. While attending a demonstration in radiology, student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the arachnid's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. Stan Lee presents... Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Welcome to Amazing Spider-Man Classics, where every month I and some friends will be discussing every book, every guest appearance, and every cameo we can find of our favorite web slinger, The Amazing Spider-Man. Are you tired of arguing over whether Ben Riley should have taken over the webs? Do you grow weary of the brand new day with all of its controversy? Then return with us to the early days. Return with us to the classics. Amazing Spider-Man Classics at Amazing Spider-Man. Dot Libsyn dot com. Life is a great big hang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find a Spider-Man. Yeah, am I supposed to be a part of this? You're more than welcome to be. I, I don't even know. Sure, Shag gets to do his thing alone, but, you know. I don't know why I'm here, and I don't know why you're here. I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> wow, we got Michael Bailey and Scott Gardner and... Chris Honeywell, and me, Jeffrey Taylor. If a bomb hit this podcast right now, we would lose a bomb. <laughs> so so what? This is your, your 200th episode? That's right. Are you going to... You... God damn it. That voice you're hearing is another Demanza Corp employee. This one signed on the dotted line. Yeah, and... I've been regretting it ever since. And since he's come into the Two True Freaks fold, our go- two of our gold standard podcasts, Back to the Bins and Tales of the JLA, are like... JSA. JSA, sorry. Uh, he's probably high again anyway, yeah, so who gives a Dude, shit. Dude, JSA, JLA, whatever. One of them J's, man. <laughs> Let, wait a minute, I'm rolling up a J right now. <laughs> I'm not really surprised but, at that. Chris Honeywell. Is that even your real name? I mean, how can we expect to It's a it? real name. So. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But so, um, What size and- of tinfoil hat do you wear, is, is, is my question here. I'm sorry. Guys, you gotta understand, I just drank an entire bottle of cough syrup, so I don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> I'm on... <laughs> I'm actually, despite all the rumors of my stonedness, I'm on the Dr. Pepper, so I'm on sugar and caffeine, baby. Yeah, Dr. Right, so that's with the, laced with angel dust, probably. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I, it's it's carpet cleaner. Thank you very much. Oh, and that's supposed to make it better. 
it's it's actually it's scrubbing bubbles is <laughs> and like after you drink enough scrubbing bubbles you actually see them with the little mustaches screaming as you drink them it's great and i saw but, a picture uh, of you on scott's facebook page chris it's the kind of picture i expect it's the kind of face i expect to see at my doorstep telling me that according to megan's law you have to tell me you live <laughs> exactly <laughs> out of time for me exactly yeah, he was always a quiet guy. There was always a funny smell coming from his house. But it's like the and you know the the John Wayne Gacy paintings are a dead giveaway. I just Hey man, to... those are those are collectors items. Yeah, so is Nazi memorabilia. It doesn't make it right. <laughs> yeah, but did you know any What's Nazi wrong with my Nazi memorabilia? Uh, don't get me started on you, Gardner. Cuz it's not real. The swastikas are all going the wrong way. For some reason, I'm standing. I have no idea why, because no one can really see me. But I just feel like uh, I feel like I'm at a roast, so that's kind of what I'm trying to go for. So now I'm gonna start ta- start talking shit about Scott if he doesn't mind. I mind. Go on. So, <laughs> the main reason uh, I first came on to back to the bins with Scott is because his wife phoned me up drunk and begged me. Uh, <laughs> I, I have know. a similar story. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, zing! Scott, um, Scott's an interesting guy. Uh, it, it, it's guaranteed that if you like something, Scott's gonna hate it. Uh, and he'll tell you about that. He'll tell you exactly why it sucks. He'll 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 question your intelligence, your sexuality, your very existence on planet Earth. But don't fucking insult anything he likes, or it's like Bill Bixby turning into Lou Ferrigno. I swear to fucking God. I'm glad, I'm glad you finally figured out the nature of our relationship. That's awesome, dude. I'm very proud of you. Oh, I'm not saying Scott's you're right. right. I'm just kind of saying you're a douchebag. So. Scott's the only man I know who can out-talk an echo. <laughs> In all seriousness, guys, um, Scott, it's, uh, you know, when you, it's been, Jesus, it's been almost two years since uh, it was right before Dragon Con in 2009 that you uh, emailed me and asked me to be on Back to the Bins, and I didn't really know what to expect because, like always, I do that crack bit of research. And when I say crack, I mean I smoked a bowl of crack <laughs> and then came on the show. Um, <laughs> There's been a lot of speculation about how he got you on the show. That, that sounds like every episode of Two True Freaks. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, in seriousness, no, uh, bleh, I can't speak. Um, it's... it's been a real pleasure knowing you uh i'm really glad we got to be as good of friends as we are uh and through that i got to know chris who i was endlessly entertained by when i was catching up on two true freaks uh going through episodes like it was uh, you know still my favorite episode will be fandom as a mental illness because <laughs> uh, you guys said a lot of things that i'd been thinking for a really long time about how disturbed we are as fans it's so funny because that's always the episode that we were we were both gnashing our teeth like I don't know if this one's gonna go over and everybody loved it for some reason. It's weird. Because you were right. Um, and well, then... yeah, but usually people don't like that. <laughs> we were right in the Dark Knight episode and everybody fucking hated it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Scott and I started Tales of the JSA after that, and then we he invited me to be on Back to the Bins, and then. A couple months ago, you guys asked me to be on Comics Monthly Monday, and uh, it means a lot to me that I've gotten to be such good friends with both of you. 
Uh, and I'm really glad that you guys have made it to issue episode 200. But Scott, I swear before almighty God, if you make any comment in this episode about other podcasts that can't get their shit together and keep a weekly schedule, I will beat you with a tire iron. <laughs> the Because you did that in the 100th episode. <laughs> and I felt like it was being aimed directly at me. <laughs> I think one of the first times I ever met you was actually on your 200th episode. That, that 100. Have, actually, or was that a 100th episode? Yeah, or was it a nowhere near us. It was, oh. way, it was way before that. <laughs> um, and fuck you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've actually been at this longer than us, haven't you? Uh, yeah, by about a year. So what's the fuck this all up, man? What's, what's going on with that? I don't know. I think between 130-some-odd episodes of Views from the Long Box and uh, 100 episodes of From Christ to Crisis and <laughs> 50 episodes of Hey, Tales. don't start throwing numbers at me now. Um, that's like two, almost 250 podcasts. So <laughs> Not counting your Back to the Bins and, yes. and, and, <laughs> and now your Comics <laughs> Monthly Mondays, too. All spaces and all that, so I... <laughs> I think and, when you add up, and don't forget the the um, Superman homepage. Yeah, Radio KL. So, uh, and now uh, the Xavier's podcast for gifted youngsters, and that doesn't count guest appearances. God, I'm a whore. Good lord. Um, how when do you I... podcast with someone, you podcast with every person that person has ever podcasted with. <laughs> uh, but, but I was just messing with you guys. I'm I'm really glad you made it to episode 200 and. Uh, I remember the last. I remember episode 100 and listening to that as I was driving home from the comic shop, and Scott paid me a very nice compliment on that, and I play that every time before we podcast because I know he's going to make fun of me, and I want to have that kind of build up of feeling good about myself. You should just put it on a loop and carry it around with you. <laughs> it really meant a lot that he said I know my shit. Don't I I said did. you didn't know shit is what I meant to say. <laughs> I've really been seriously thinking, guys, though, that we should start doing roasts of each other. Like, getting a bunch of people together and doing, like, an organized Friars Club-type roast. I vote Shag first. such an easy target, though, Mike. It's, you know... Are you, are you calling me fat? <laughs> Scott, that was cruel, man. I'm sorry. Save it for the roast, you know? I don't, I don't make fun of your baldness. What baldness? Your, your, your hairline's receding... <laughs> when the Germans invaded. <laughs> I have nothing to say on that. At least he doesn't look like Bouncing Boy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he <doesn't> look like <laughs> you. <laughs> oh. Keep your head down, Taylor. This, this doesn't concern you. Yeah, watch out, watch your out, man. going to kill me. <laughs> watch out, man, or I'll Photoshop you into some Lord of the Rings character. <laughs> The greatest adventure is one you should take. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Who sings that song? It was in the uh, Rankin Bass Hobbit movie. Yeah, let's keep it that way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Scott, you want to come be my co host? I'm from Crisis to Crisis. <laughs> At the drop of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I produce it. So I, I think that's it. a good place to take us out right there. <laughs> Superman is considered by many to be an American hero. 
But what do we really know about the Man of Steel? We do know that he was not born in America. As a matter of fact, he was not even born on Earth. We know that he actively pursues a friendship with known vigilante, the Batman. We know that he has built an impenetrable fortress with no regard for zoning laws. What is Superman hiding? Why did he throw all the Earth's nuclear arsenal into the sun and then leave? leaving us open to attack from space. Why doesn't he keep his super-powered dog on a leash? Lex Luthor believes that Superman is a threat and is running on a single platform. Destroy Superman! My name is Lex Luthor, and I endorse this ad. Paid for by super criminals to elect Lex Luthor. Okay, let's see here. This is from Joe Anthrax. This says, if you uh, had to have one of your topics you cover on the monthly Monday shows have never existed, oh. which one would you pick and why? Holy shit. Wow. This says, in other words, either Star, Star Wars, Star Trek, or Comics suddenly blinked out of existence. Oh. Which one would you miss the least? That's tough, because I've always loved Star Wars. Covering the, the Marvel comics, Star Wars was kind of what led to Two True Freaks. I mean, that was if the Star very Wars first thing is, that came to my mind. We, we need more specific rules, because, like, say yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek existed, would they still exist in comic book form, theoretically? Because then you could get rid of one of those, and they would not be completely gone. No, I, I don't think know. What My he's first... saying is, if we had never, if there was one of our shows, one of the monthly Mondays that we had never done, or it suddenly just went away and it had never existed, which which one would it be easiest for us to say? Uh, well, you know, fuck it. It would be easy. It would be easiest for me to jettison comics because I don't comics. know know as much yeah. about them as as say you do. But at the same time, s- it, it would just be a matter of it would be easier. It wouldn't be easy at all, you know, because I enjoy doing it. So, I would say yeah. the comics one only because up until Michael just recently joined us, that was the one that I always felt just wasn't living up to its potential. That it, it just until we a, added a lot of Michael Bailey was, to it. Yeah, until Michael came along, exactly. You know, and all of a sudden now, I think that's actually one of the strongest shows. That we put out, in I the think universe. it's hysterical every month, you know. But before he came along, I, I think we really struggled with that one. So, just by the 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 ratio of shows I was unhappy with versus versus the the ones that I think have been great, I, I would say it would be easiest to let that one go. But that's you know, I don't want Michael to hear that and feel like, well, fuck you guys, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. That's that's a hard one. That's a really tough question. Good question, though. We'll see. But then the next part of the question was he wanted if one of them would blink out of existence entirely. Which one would we miss the least? And I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It might be. It might have to be comics. But I don't know. It's really you know when I think about it that that doesn't work either. I I honestly can't tell you, Joy Anthrax, and maybe that could be a show. <laughs> That would right. be a great panel show. All right, the next one comes from the Hair Metal Hero, another uh, member of the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, and 
Oh, surprise, surprise. Okay, you have to craft the perfect fast food meal. There would be two entrees, two sides, one dessert, and one drink. Oh, my God, I couldn't do that anymore. I could have done that 10 years ago. I can eat all that. From any combination of places that have a drive through window, what would yours be? So that cuts out five guys. And him, him talking about five guys the other day, God damn it, Hair Metal Hero. I, I had a Five Guys burger today because I was just compelled to. Somebody was like, I'll buy you lunch. What do you want? I'm like, is that a Five Guys over there? Maybe a Five Guys burger with bacon on it and caramelized mushrooms. Oh, okay. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Yeah, you know, I missed the thing that it, I was just reading this before you read it, and I missed the part where it said it has to be from places that have a drive-through window. Because God damn it, I had my answer all lined up for this too. But I'm gonna cheat because that's right. what I do. That's what you so, always okay, do, Mr. Kobayashi Maru. For my two entrees, I'm gonna say um, an order of house fried rice and uh, and, a, and an order of uh, Singapore May Fun. Because I just, that's what I always order from my favorite Oriental place down the street, and it's the, the shit's just awesome. Two sides. Um, I'm going to take a double order of red beans and rice from Popeyes. Um, one dessert, I don't know. I never get desserts, so I don't know what to say for a dessert. I don't know. The freaking uh, uh, Oreo Blizzard, I guess, from, from Dairy Queen. And the one drink would be an extra big ass. Um, Oh shit! What's that? What's that exclusive Mountain Dew that you can? Oh, Baja Blast. That's it from Taco Bell. Oh my god, I love that shit. Baja so, yeah. Blast. That sounds like yeah. what you have after a day of yeah, Taco yeah. Bell. <laughs> All right. Yeah, definitely. I would have what's to yours? say. I would have to say a Big Mac. Not because McDonald's makes the best burger, but the Big Mac it was always like one of the first like just distinctive. There's something about a Big Mac it maybe nostalgia, and from from and a, a Whopper from Burger King, just as a classic flame broiled flavored burger. The the two sides would be oh probably a biscuit from from Popeyes. And McDonald's fries cooked perfectly. You know, somebody who's cook, knows how to cook them to that perfect crispiness. Uh, the dessert, definitely easy. The Arby's turnover are awesome with the McDonald's apple pie coming in second and coming in first if it was uh, from a time machine McDonald's old school deep fried apple pie and the one drink would be a fucking large Dr. Pepper Mm-mm-mm. which is what I washed down my uh, Five Guys burger did you order a hamburger? yeah I ordered a hamburger that's what I got a hamburger no I beg to disagree Rough House a genuine hamburger for the gentleman I'm buying gee thanks who's paying? I'm buying he's paying a nickel hamburger I'd refuse to pay if I were you a shocking abuse of power so uh okay so then there were more questions clarifying which shows of ours were the most awesome and we'll just skip that just to be modest alright so, <laughs> yeah, so well, I, yeah mad uh mad knee or how the hell do you say that I don't know, know. Yeah, he was he was wanting to he was clarifying his point about the one before about which was the most popular podcast series. I don't know that we even know, do we? 
because it changes the shit changes all i mean just look at for an example star wars monthly monday is a perfect example the numbers are not consistent on that show at all it's like one month there'll be a certain number and then the next month they'll be way higher than that and then the month after that they'll be way lower and it's not like we're changing the friggin' format of the show i think people sample our i don't think people go through us maybe totally in order there's some people who are going through the star treks in order there's some people who are just like Ah, let's see. I haven't listened to this one yet, you know? Right. They're going through the whole list of everything, going, ah, this one looks good. That's what I did with Half Hour Wasted when you first were like, go listen to that podcast. I just go, oh, this sounds like a topic that's fun. So it's Mm -hmm. it's sort of hard to say because we're not consumed like average media, like TV or a newspaper or something. It's not as much of a linear thing, you know? All right, we got another question from Joe Anthrax. Any superpower, what would it be and you why? Missed, you skipped all the other questions. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, this is okay. So th- this next one, this, another, this next one, he's asking in the original Grill the Freak show uh, when we both picked questions to ask the other one. You asked me if there was anything that I had done that you would be surprised to find out about. He wants to turn that around. Has <laughs> Scott some, done something that Chris would be surprised about? I don't Yours know, man. Freaking doozy too, because I think I think that's when you had said something about you'd smoke crack. Or yeah, some yeah, shit. I, I smoked crack once. Yeah, <laughs> not tour. proud of it, but it, it does come in I'm handy. I'm trying to think of a, something. It does come in handy when questions like that are asked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> trying to think of something just outrageous that I might have ever done that you would absolutely be shocked. The first thing that comes to mind, maybe just simply that it's me and you you always rag me as being Mr. You know, clean cut, you know, all American boy that never gets in any trouble. And maybe this one will shock you. Um, I f- we are having technical difficulties. Please stand by. It's not like I wasn't a hellion. I just never got caught. Or... Wow. <laughs> well, did you hear about the night that we, uh, it was me and Randy. Oh, what the fuck else was in that? I know, I think Dan Leary, maybe some, I can't Is remember. Is this a library came... window? No, no. We drove back from Kingston one night, just completely fucking shellacked and drove out to Westgate's beach. And I was doing donuts in my car, drunk as a fucking skunk. And almost drove right off the seawall. Oh Can I shit! Tell you about that? Yeah. No, that's pretty. <laughs> that was yeah. That that's was pretty scary. stupid. That was a, yeah. It was a fucking sobering experience. So yeah, that was a pretty. Yeah. That one was pretty stupid. Yeah. 
Okay, that's a that's a fairly decent one. <laughs> well, he asks you. He says, uh, "Have you ever thought in the past that Scott has gone too far with any of his rants?" No. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, sometimes he's gone maybe too long, but I'm not much of a believer in too far. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Now we're down to, uh, we got Joe Anthrax again. Yeah, I draw the line at, like, you know, no, no, I guess I don't. (laughs) Nope, it's, I don't think you're gonna, you're gonna go to, this time you've gone too far, Gardner. (laughs) I must defend the honor of Christian Bale. (laughs) All right, so back to Joe Anthrax. Any superpower, what would it be and why? I, you know, this probably always sounds so lame to say it, but it's got to be flying. I've always wanted to be able to fly. That's a but default you, of almost everybody. Yeah, you know? it I is. Mean, the on. best answer I've ever heard to this question was given by uh, Mike Cross, which was the ability to piss until the toilet flushed itself. I still think that's the funniest answer I've ever heard to the, if you can have a superpower question. I never heard that before, but that you is You were something... there when he said that. I probably was, but... But, you know, I, yeah, I could, that, but that's, yeah, that's Mike all the way. And he's probably come close to his goal at some point. It's funny, this evening I I wish that I had the the power to to have heat vision just to be able to pop balloons. I I, I was in kind of a, kind of a mean-spirited frame of mind. Uh I saw some little kids with their little balloons walking down the street and just wanted to ruin their day. Yeah, I know how that is all the time. Pretty much, yeah. Um. I mean, flying is definitely going to be the default superpower. I think if I had an, another one, it it, it, it would be a toss-up between... If it was going to be supernatural or something, I wouldn't mind being able to do the Doctor Strange, like, astrally project. You know, sit, sit cross-legged and then astrally project anywhere you needed to go to go learn things. Short of that, if it was more like a Superman power, super hearing, I think, would be... The most useful. You could find out the wow, most shit I've of I've never what. heard anybody ever give that as the power they would want. You could get so many, so much advantage over things because if people didn't know, if you could just like tune in on somebody within like a long range, you could find out all sorts of shit and nobody would know you were listening. You know what I mean? Right. You could You could go to like political rallies and hear what the politicians are really saying to each other before they go up and... You know, or you could you could go to a party and listen to people talk about you and stuff like that, which is always I'm sure would be awesome and great for your self esteem. He's an asshole. I tell it would you be one for us I... anyway, because I'm sure that it's just all praise. <laughs> I tell you one that I fantasize quite a, a lot about is mega ridiculous fucking super strength, because you you probably never experience this because you don't drive. I but drive a bike. Just, just wanting, oh, like, driving me. up and down a, a, a just a, a, a parking lot that's ridiculously overcrowded and spending, like, 20, 30 minutes trying to find a fucking parking spot. I wish that I had, like, mega ridiculous super strength where you could just right. throw the car in park, get out, grab the 
closest car by the bumper and just fling the fucking thing out of sight. Yeah. I would love to be I, that super strong. I, I visualize car off the horizon. You know what I mean? Yeah, I visualize missiles all the time when I'm on my bike riding around. So yeah, I, I, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. If you could have any vehicle from science fiction show, what would it be and why? Doesn't matter what the size is, so it could be as small as a hoverboard and as big as a Death Star. I gave this one a lot of thought when I was looking at these when they were being posted originally and everything. I never could really decide. I you know, as much as I just absolutely detest the show. Just going back to a, a period in my life, in my childhood, when I actually really l- dug it and loved it, I would be very tempted for, like, the, the Adam West Batmobile, because that's just a damn cool car, you know? But I I don't know, you know? I, you know, I wouldn't say, like, the Enterprise or I don't something. consider the Enterprise damn, a vehicle. Yeah, is, yeah exactly. It's like considering an air, an aircraft carrier a vehicle. It's technically a vehicle. But we're talking Man's like, car was pretty fucking cool. We're, we're talking something that you get in and, like, take a ride to the equivalent of the store, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't take the Enterprise, you know, out, out for a cruise. Well, I would, but, you know, you know what I mean. I would, mine would be the Falcon. <laughs> Fucking, the Millennium yeah. Falcon. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> it's got guns. It's got enough room that you could live in it, you know, fairly comfortably. And it's the Millennium fucking Falcon, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like it's like the most awesome space camper. That's why that's why Spaceballs. It was a camper in Spaceballs. All right, <laughs> all right. From uh, Hair Metal Hero. All right, this is, uh, he calls it the classic, and it is the classic question, too. The Desert Island Question. What one book, album, movie, comic would you take with you if you were to be stranded on a desert island? Ay, ay, ay. Book, quick off the top of my head, would be my favorite book, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, even though I've read it a million times. Album. Ay, 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 White Album by the Beatles movie. Ooh, Christ. Oh, it's hard to say what movie it would be. Porno movie. I was <laughs> just going to say, de- imagine you're going to be on a desert island. Desert so, island. Yeah. yeah, comic, it would be, it would be probably like some collected of the, of the, middle section of the Star Wars run of Marvel and that's off the top of my head I'm sure I could think of much better and I will as I'm falling asleep tonight I'll be like oh of course you know <laughs> right alright that's me Um, one book I don't know I you know I'm trying to think of a, of a book that I would you know, because that's the problem is I, I'm going a, I'm to a read it once and, you know, put it on the shelf and never look at it again kind of guy. So I don't – maybe the Bible. I don't <laughs> – I really don't know. Um, album? Honestly, uh, do, was, honestly, do you, have you ever found yourself reading the Bible for pleasure? Yeah. I, yeah, I've actually read the Bible cover to cover. So, yeah. Was it a pleasant experience? Yeah, I, I got a kick out of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um. Let me see. Album? Uh, that's that's pretty. I would say uh, the the Empire Strikes Back. Um, movie? 
I'd probably, if I knew I was going to a desert island to be stranded, yeah, I'd probably take a porn, but uh, I'll go with my favorite movie, uh, Superman the movie. Comic, that's a no-brainer. I would take uh, Destroy by Scott. Oh, yes. And, yeah, the book one is tough, you know, because, I mean, if you're talking, like, a straight-up prose book, I don't know what the hell book I would take, but if I could take, like, like anything that had ever been, like, bound in a book-like form, I would probably take, like, you know, like my... Uh, you what know, about a diary? Oh, yeah, di- yeah. Yeah, maybe just a notepad, you know? Something that I could write on myself. I don't know. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Who's next. got the next one? I'll, I, you got if you had the powers of Superboy Prime, what would you do with them? Um, What he did, I'd punch reality and fuck things up. Um, <laughs> he is the... St- <laughs> that was the stupidest shit. Now you probably don't know don't know this, but it doesn't uh, matter because I have my answer. Oh, okay. I have no idea what Superboy Prime could do, <laughs> but I would use those powers to get laid. <laughs> All right, that, Easy uh, as that. I know he must have some <laughs> if he's punching reality, then he's definitely could, you know, hit that, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Punching uh, reality. Oh my god, that's the name of a podcast right there. Scott Gardner, punching reality. Woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, reality. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Again, from uh, Luke Giaconetti here, he says, Can't believe I didn't say this one. How about the original Battlestar Galactica? Definitely fits the Two True Freaks narrative. And he says, I meant the theatrical film, but the show in general would work as well. I'd be into that. I <sighs> Maybe just the, the first theatrical film, but... The TV I show would take a, is, is quite a few yeah. episodes, actually, but... Yeah. I would, I would probably watch it up to a point or watch selected points of it, maybe, but the movie would definitely be... The, the movie might be a good uh, commentary because there's a whole context of you know in of you know stuff in it that was like I remember watching it originally where I was like this is just a rip off of Star Wars you know or or whatever and the 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 similarities and differences between Star Wars might be interesting uh, I'd be up for it I wasn't a huge Battlestar Galactica fan but I definitely liked it all right all right so now we've got the drunk oogler (laughs) which yeah you can't go wrong with that name so the drunk oogler asks if you could take possession of scott or chris's body for one hour what would you do Okay, if I could take possession of your body for one hour, what would I do? Yes. Uh, I would take it to church and get you saved. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that stuff. It that wouldn't was, stick, but good luck that's with that what taken. I would do. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> okay, so I had you for one hour. Oh, my God. Well, I would definitely be going to Disney World, right? But <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to get you fired. I don't know. There would be public nudity involved, though, and, like... <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere where there were lots of cameras, I, I might cover his face 
also, but I would definitely be like, I would definitely like, they'd be like, you know, have you seen this man? And there's like this naked man walking across the throughway, you know. <laughs> okay, if you could live in one period in history, what period would it be? The Gilded Age. Ooh. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that would that would be interesting. You know, if if I was going to live in the past, I'd want to have control over what my station was. <laughs> Cuz when you get in a slippery so if you were in the gilded age, you could have had a totally crummy time in the gilded age depending on how much money you had and, and this you know. Is true, yeah. But yeah, that would be a really cool that would be a really cool visually visual time to be I, I like twenty year twenty or thirty years ago I would have said the sixties. But now I don't think I would wanna I don't think I would have I don't think I would have liked the sixties if I was actually there. Um Oh, one period in history. But the sixties does have did have free love, but then again the sixties did have widespread crabs too, so <laughs> the, two, the two sort of cancel out. So Oh man, I don't know. One period in history it would be the future. <laughs> yeah, I is that about history? That. Is that considered history in some uh, way? I'm not sure. It's attached to the past, right? As you know, since everything <laughs> is just sort of one linear thing. If you're looking in string theory, uh, okay. Anyway, so we'll we'll just sort of keep moving on and pretend that we both answered. Well, you answered that for sure. If either of you had a chance to knock Michael Bailey in a dunk tank while he was dressed as Captain America in front of second grade children who see Cap as an icon, would you do it? In a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I would be like, children, do you want your country to become this? No, I am, I, I, I don't agree with <laughs> like... Why do, Why are they setting us up to... Yeah, and then he says, "I really want number three answered." Yeah, Why are they setting us up to insult Michael Bailey? It's because all the, he's this guy's probably another podcaster who wants Michael <laughs> Bailey to quit our shows in a huff, and then he's gonna scoop him up. You bastards! I see your plot. All right, so uh, okay, you're up next. What's funny? Hair metal hero had a follow up to that. He says, "I used to be a substitute teacher, and for the kids." field day every year i would always be asked to sit on the slab for the dunk tank i refused every time i don't have much but i do have my pride i would have been there in a second i (laughs) I would love to be in a dunk take it it gives you the opportunity to full out really see what your skills of insult are you would actually be able to look at somebody and start just really not holding back on the insult using your dark side you pompous, stuck-up, snot-nosed, English, giant, twerp, scumbag, fuck-faced, dickhead, asshole! You stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf-herder! You shit-kicking, stinky, horseman-horse-smelling motherfucker, you! Hey, fuck you! Yeah, that's my message for you. Fuck you and kiss my ass. You're an emotional fucking cripple. Your soul is dog shit. Every single fucking thing about you is ugly. You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. I don't like your jerk-off name. I don't like your jerk-off face. I don't like your jerk-off behavior. And I don't like you, jerk-off. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room 
is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Alright. Alright, do we want to cover this thing about the cream corn wrestling or just keep Let's going? Let's just pass on the cream corn okay. wrestling. That's a trap. It's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you ah, see they, here's a good they, one They just from, keep uh, going on about that cream corn. Our fans and cream <laughs> corn. From Luke Giaconetti again. He says, if you could go back in time to see a movie in the theater as an adult, what would you choose? There's so, so many. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I missed. 2001 A Space Odyssey. I would have loved to have seen that when it first came out, you know, when it was on, on a huge... I've never seen it, like in the full 70 millimeter big deal it was the star wars of its time you know it was a big deal it was like everybody was like oh did you go see 2001 yet yeah i took 14 hits of acid it was so amazing at the end do you know what happened i don't have a fucking clue what happened (laughs) yeah i would love that would be that would be awesome there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that would have been spectacular on the i mean I wouldn't mind going back as an adult and watching uh, Star Wars with yeah. Star Wars sitting behind like you and me on a viewing of Star Wars would be pretty fun. Yeah, that that was probably going to be my answer. Although the f- one that first came to mind was Yellow Submarine. But yeah, there are so many movies that, you know, I never got a chance to see on the big screen. That would be pretty cool to see on the big screen. But yeah, following what he's saying here, you know, go back in time and see it as an adult. I I would love to go back knowing what I know now and where things were headed historically to go back and be amongst the first people to see Star Wars, you know, when it when it was before the phenomenon really hit. Yeah, you know, that would see be- it with an audience who didn't know what they were about to see and watch them exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Next Do question. I have the next one? You got the next one. Hair Metal Hero. I like this one. He says, you can move one DC hero and villain to Marvel and vice versa. Who and why? Ooh. You see, I would, I would move the big ones. I would move, like, the Superman... And, uh, and Batman over to Marvel just to see what would happen to them over time under the Marvel style and I guess the, the big you know the big two at Marvel would be like what Spider-Man and who else would be the number two at Marvel do you think like Captain America or these days I would say somebody like uh, like Iron Man or, or Deadpool, Deadpool even yeah, Wolverine Wolverine yeah. yes okay so I would take Spider-Man and Wolverine and Wolverine would be interesting moved over to DC and and see how his character changed that's with the assumption that they would be integrated into the DC style and into the Marvel style vice versa I don't think realistically if that happened there would be that much change and a lot of these guys have gone back and forth between Marvel and DC anyway so basically sort of it's almost in some ways a moot point and and so because a lot of these guys a lot of them have worked for both you know or done right or had a chance to do one of the big ones of the the other company but yeah that's how i that's how i would i would run that well what would you do scott see he says dc hero and villain but my my problem is is that i you know 
I wouldn't want to take a villain with them because it's like, I don't know. I, I would You're like taking the whole do, universe. Just, almost, yeah, exactly. There. So, I mean, my my answer it, it seems probably kind of simple on the surface of it, but I've got my reasons. Which the DC hero would be definitely be Superman. I'd love to put him into the Marvel universe because I think it's a whole different dynamic, and I would love to see how that would work. And conversely, you know, Spider-Man. I'd like to put him in the DC universe and and see how he would operate there, especially if you could put him in the DC universe and have him freely accepted by the other heroes there and the citizens of that universe. But I would love Superman in the D- in the Marvel universe because I would love it from an angle of I could see the citizenry loving him, but the other heroes hating his guts, you uh-huh. know, and seeing, you know, seeing him very much as who the hell is this guy and having a, a, a not a good relationship at all with the other heroes there that they would really resent Superman coming to their universe. I, I think it could be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, are there any other long-running science fiction? This one's another R. Hagen question, by the way. Are there any other long-running science fiction franchises slash series that you like besides Star Trek and Star Wars? No. Really? I I would say Doctor Who. I got I definitely Doctor Who's longer running than both of those combined. I mean, um, I'm getting into Doctor Who now, but you know. Yeah, but just a yeah, you're you're on one you're on your first season of Doctor Who, so Right, exactly. Yeah. But you like it, right? Yeah, it's I like a, it's it. It's a long-running franchise. You just haven't been liking it for a long time. So that that answer you could you could uh work Doctor Who into that. You could that would that would fulfill the the strictures of the See, question. See, I wouldn't want to make, you know, make it by sound saying like you're that, a fan. Yeah, exactly. You know, make it sound like I knew shit about it or I'd been following it, you know, as many years or anything. You know, because that's how I had kind of interpreted that question is that, you know, is there any other long running, you know, that you're into as much as these other ones? And honestly, there's not. I kind of I'm kind of a sci fi snob when it comes to other properties, because I see so many of the other ones and just think, wow, you know, people follow this, you know, because there's just a lot of them that I I'm sorry. I just think they suck. You know, I, I think that so many of the other ones that people tout as great sci-fi, I see them as just pale imitations of Star Trek most of the time. You know, whether it's Babylon 5 or Battlestar Galactica or that stupid Stargate thing. I just look at all of them and I, I think they look like shit. And I think most of them are just star trek wannabes and it's like why would i watch that when i've got star trek so i don't watch that's just me (laughs) next question (laughs) who would win in a fight uh between the original deathlock and a t-800 i have no idea i know nothing about deathlock much less the original deathlock (laughs) so this is a question from fanboyamus prime I think this is the first fanboy in this prime question, isn't it? I think there's uh, more to come. No, I think there was another one there was earlier another one. on. I, I, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, you've got the next one. What exactly did happen with Bruce Boxleitner? That's from Andy again from uh, Hey Kids Comics. 
<laughs> like the answer that I posted on the forum. He took our job. Take our job. Take our job. Take the our job. No, I uh, I met him at uh, Dragon Con back in 09, and uh, I was thrilled to meet him and told him what a big fan I was and how much I've enjoyed his work over the years and uh, that I have a cousin, uh, a female cousin, who thinks that he's just the shit and has always wanted, you know, just always wanted him. And, all, you know, maybe I just gushed or something. I don't know. But anyway, he was a long story short. He was just an asshole. And it really kind of crushed me that somebody that I looked up to as, you know, something of a hero, I got to meet him in real life, and he was just... He was definitely dismissive and just, like, yeah. jerky, you know? Yeah. Out and of... you know what's funny is uh, is it just recently happened to me again, um, you know, in the podcasting arena, probably the, the number one person that I respect and look up to uh, and have wanted to meet for a long, long time as a podcaster. You know, one of the people that served as my inspiration to want to get into this whole podcasting thing, um, I happened to run into recently. And it was the same type of thing. It was almost exactly like the Box Lightner thing. Yeah. You and never have any like, idea, though. You never have yeah. any idea what was happening just before you walked up. So you yeah, never know if it know. was you or... If it was the last person or if his wife just told him she was pregnant with another man's child or, you know, the Scarecrow and Mrs. King reunion fell through and, you know, how are you going to pay for that house in the Hamptons? You know, right. all that. Who knows? Yep. All right. Did I ask <laughs> I like that? Oh, that, okay. So the next yeah. one is yours. It's another Oogler. I like this one. <laughs> From Drunk Oogler. If you had to live your life within the confines of a specific board game, what game would you choose and why? Um, Operation. <laughs> as a doctor, of course, not as the guy with the with the with the random items, you know, um, in, inset into his body. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Board game? Um, shoots and ladders. Because <laughs> I think that pretty much has been my life. Yeah, you could you could, you could climb the ladders for exercise and ride the shoots for fun. Yeah, what is works. it with this guy and wanting to pick on Michael Bailey? His follow-up question was, if you had the power to trap Michael Bailey in a board game, which would it be? Oh, I got a great one. It's called Mall Madness. And it's one of those pink games that's made for little girls where you have, and it's got its own little credit card reader that, that, that has, you know, like, oh boy, you know, skirts are on sale and stuff. That's where, that's what I, that's where I would hit Michael Bailey into. Oh, if I had the power to trap him in a board game, which board game would it be? (sighs) Don't break Uh... the ice. (laughs) <laughs> Was that a board game? Board game? No. I don't know. <laughs> Ants in the pants. Ants in the pants. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um, I think you got the next one. Okay. 
Did either of you, uh, speaking of board games, this is R. Hagen again. Did either of you freaks like the movie Jumanji? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And Zathura was good too, The, which is what the Hair Metal Hero followed yeah, up with was, was better. I, I thought they were both good, yeah. Jumanji was a... Uh... <laughs> Fanboys Prime wants to know C-3PO or HK-47? What the hell's what? HK-47? That's a machine gun, isn't it? I thought that was an AK-47. Oh, AK, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. What the hell's an HK-47? I don't know, but, you know, Fanboy Miss Prime is sort of having a knack for having one half of his question be, like, in a different language for us. Maybe it's a generation <laughs> gap or he's coming. It might be, um... Yeah, well, hell, I, I got I got the computer right here. Let me just Google it real quick. What Google that HK-47. Maybe yeah, he meant to yeah. say AK-47. If it was AK-47... What do we, what what does that mean? Which would I rather have sex with? Which do I like better? Which would win in a fight? Oh, okay, it was a hunter killer assassin droid oh, and Jedi HK. hunter constructed by the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Revan, oh. shortly after the. Okay, that is kind of badass. I guess he would kick um, if it's a kicking ass thing. C three PO is going to lose to fucking mouse droids, you know? <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Oh God! So yeah, I don't. I I do, do not understand the question completely. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Okay, next one. I have a suggestion for a show. How about Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, starring Richard Basehart or Walter Pigeon, if you prefer the music movie. Uh, <clears throat> never seen. I used it. to. I caught a couple episodes of it when I was a kid. The only thing I really remember is loving the music to it. Next question. R. Hagen wants to know if we are fans of Kolchak the Night Stalker. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I'm familiar with it. I used to watch, they used to show them late night if I was lucky. I remember catching Phantasm one night, and then there would be two episodes of Kolchak after it, and it would be the, like, Saturday night double feature, they would call it, and I caught forbidden planet in a little dual thing and sometimes when they didn't have a movie they would show episodes of Kolchak the Night Stalker and then um, oh what was the series after Twilight Zone that Rod Sterling, Night Gallery and then they would show some Rod Sterling's Night Gallery after that but I wouldn't say I'm a fan but I enjoyed the hell out of them with that when I was a kid I'd like to see them again to see how they've they've aged I'll bet you like the original movie that the series was based off of which was I think probably made for TV movie I remember that being genuinely really creepy and scary I wouldn't mind looking back into those but did you ever watch Night Stalker? No I never did uh, no, I, I, I know that it was, uh, Dar- what was it, Darren McGavin who mm-hmm. I really liked from yeah. uh, Christmas Story, but beyond that, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you he's, shit. He's I don't a, he's think a I great character actor. He looked like a <laughs> character drawn by Gene Colan. You know what I mean? He looked like a Gene right, Colan yeah. detective. And the whole th- show actually had kind of a Gene Colan-y, foggy feeling. All right, next question. You may own one of these and only one. Which is it? Classic Trek phaser prop used in the show. Lightsaber prop from the movies, actual spacesuit worn by an astronaut. Pick your favorite astronaut, and the ha- or the handwritten first draft of your favorite book. 
Uh, this one's a no-brainer. I would have to take an actual space suit worn by uh, one of the astronauts. He says, pick your favorite spaceman. That's the tough part of this question for me is, you know, which one would I want? Because I think the the one the outfit that I would want would be uh, would be Gene Cernan's, you know, because he was the last man on the moon. I think I would want his because he he was one of the people that spent the most time there, just because he was on the last mission. But he's one of my favorites, but not my favorite. My favorite would be um, <laughs> Lowell. Um, God damn it, I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank on his name. The guy that uh, that Tom Hanks played in, in Apollo 13. Uh-huh. Jim Lovell. Jim Lovell. Jim Lovell. Jim Lovell. But Jim Lovell never made it to the moon. So, you know, I, I definitely would want one that was, that was a moonwalker. You know what I mean? So. I would probably... I don't know the hand, I I would the handwritten draft for one flew over the cuckoo's nest would be amazing because there's a whole story behind that he wrote that he wrote that book in his spare time by hand in a mental institution so that would be a really neat thing <laughs> but having like I would want the like Neil Armstrong spacesuit just cuz it's so iconic just so I could look in the you know the pictures and be like hey look <laughs> that's my suit you know Hey, baby, mm-hmm. should I wear the suit tonight? And, why don't you come back to my place? I have the original spacesuit that landed on the moon. <laughs> it's one small step for a man and one giant leap on top of you. Mm. All right. I love this next question from Fanboys Prime. If you could, with a laser cannon, write or draw anything on the moon, what would it be? Oh, good lord. I know exactly um, what I would write on the moon. <laughs> I don't know. It would be nice to make the moon into a giant ass crack. Put a giant ass crack on it because it would be funny. You would be mooning the entire earth and you would be li- literally it would literally be a moon. So it be it would be po- poetic. Crudely poetic, but that's no moon. Yeah, I mean, and and it would be simple too. All you would have to do is, if you know, it would be like it would be like that Japanese art, you know, where they use the least amount of strokes to say the most visually. It would be just one swift little line, and it would convey a simple message to the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> Lovers could... would meet underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> If I could write something on the moon, it would have to be the letters C H A. And I know that there's like three people that are gonna get that joke, but I hope that I made you laugh your ass off. So. Is that all the oh, is that all you're gonna reveal as to what C H A means? If I have to explain the joke, then it's not funny, right? I guess it's not funny to me no matter what. Did I you ever say. read the tick? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Right okay. now, Mike Cross is laughing his ass off too because okay. he's a big tick fan. <laughs> okay. I there actually, th- I actually thought about that with that question, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yes, you're right. And there's more than three people who are probably laughing their ass off about that. I hope so. <laughs> All right. So the next question is: uh, You have an opportunity to put together your dream time for a comic book series. Starring dream yourselves. I, I wonder guess, if you meant Dream Team. Starring yourselves. Oh, yes, it has to be. 
Who is your writer, your penciler, and your inker? For a comic book series starring yourselves. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, your writer, um, Stan Lee. <laughs> your penciler, Jack Kirby. And inker, Vinnie Coletta. <laughs> Damn, man. No, I would go with I would go with Alan Moore, definitely. Just oh, to see Jesus. what would happen there. Pence... <laughs> Penciler, does it have to be? I guess I, it's a dream team, so it could be someone dead, since you've been, <laughs> you picked dead people. I would pick Al Williamson, and um, and um. Oh shit! Why is his name um Tom Palmer? Oh yeah, as as the inker. I like that. I like that idea. So it'd be lifelike. It would be lifelike, realistic art, but it would have that Flash Gordon feel to it, and it would have the Alan Moore would do something very interesting. And then he asks us, just to veer off into an entirely different direction, what we thought of the movie The Untouchables. And uh, on paper, it sounded like a good movie. I've never seen it. Honestly, I like what I wrote in the in the thread, which was uh, I often find myself wishing I could be just like Capone in this movie and take the baseball bat to the heads of persons with dissenting opinions. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With we're... that, we're at the bottom of the page. I say let's take a little break. I want to go get some chips and queso. Oh, you're you're getting peckish, huh? Okay, I am. Sounds I need good. a drink. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Attention, people of Earth, do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 Hey you! Yes you, hearing this message. Do you like podcasts? Well evidently you do because you're listening to one right now. Do you like giant monsters? Of course you do! Who doesn't like giant monsters? Well then have I got the show for you. 
Earth Destruction Directive is the newest Daikaiju podcast on the internet. And we talk about all your old favorites, like Godzilla, Rodan, King Ghidorah, and Gamera, but also lesser-known monsters, like Gappa, Yongari, and Giyawa. We cover everything, from movies to comic books to video games, and we're kicking it old school at earthdestructiondirective.blogspot.com. Check it out, won't you? And remember, the EDD has got their eyes on you! 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 Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible. All right, we've got another one of our um, Demanza Corp regulars. Uh, 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 an authentic signed on the dotted line, actually, Demanza Corp employee, Mr. Luke Giaconetti, otherwise known as El Jacone. Hey, how we doing, guys? We ready to record our episode of Earth Destruction Directive? Sweet. That's not what it says on the agenda here. Did, you didn't get the memo? What? It's the two, what? 200th I, episode. I got the memo. 200th I can't read! That's, that's not the memo I have. It says here. It says here, Earth Destruction Directive. So, you're, wait a minute. You're telling me you guys didn't watch Gamera vs. Guren? I don't know. I don't know what this, you're talking about, little kid. This is gonna be a real short show. I gotta tell you that right now, boys. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. We're not recording Earth Destruction Directive tonight. That's Wednesday. <laughs> That's. Oh shit! <laughs> and that is Luke's wonderful, wonderful giant monster podcast. <laughs> yes, Earth Destruction Directive, which you can find at EarthDestructionDirective.blogspot.com. The new episode just went up today, Ooh. where we were watching uh, the original giant monster Gamera, a.k.a. Gamera the Invincible. Yes, the Ooh. turtle that has fire coming out of its hiney. Yeah, no. Well, he's got a, to... not so much as hiney, but most every other orifice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I used to have a turtle named Gamera. Really? That's that's a true story. Mm. Well, if you, uh, and if you go to my, the uh, blog, not only can you listen to the podcast, but I have uh, embedded a stream of the, uh, of the film, so you Ooh. can watch the film. Awesome. I haven't yeah. seen a Gamera movie since I was a little kid. Yeah, me and, either. And, and Public domain's a beautiful thing. Yes. And uh, Luke is also the one of the two my the two co-hosts with me on uh, the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, along with the Hair, hair Metal Hero. We're, we're yep. currently slogging our way through the films of John Carpenter, <laughs> and then we're going to get into some uh, into some uh, Italian. Movies. Yeah, that's, that's when I that's when I take over programming the show mm-hmm. for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I tell you what, it's amazing to me watching uh, or or looking at the feedback on the forums for that show because we get people's like, oh my god, I've never seen, you know, insert name of John Carpenter movie, yeah. and and I watched it and it was awesome, and I'm like, why do you think we're doing the show, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just hate all his movies, so we're gonna make yeah. sure we watch every single one of them and talk about and, it. <laughs> yeah, and then rave about it for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I have great, great plans for, for that. I, I, I can't wait because I'm a, I'm a pure um, newbie with... I've, I've seen a couple, you know, Argento, Argento movies and stuff, but soon, <laughs> soon the pupil, the, the pupil will become the master. Well, like I said, uh, that you know, it's uh, when we started doing this, it was all about you know, just an offhand comment about Prince of Darkness led to all this. So, 
uh, who knows what directions we can we can spin into in that. And you know the thing about the vault that I uh, I like to bring a little class to your guys' uh, podcast network yeah, because you know I, I listen to your other shows and it you know technically well put together but you know come on for a couple of old guys you're pretty immature. You think? <laughs> I was just I was just wishing earlier how if I I could get my hands on a test that would test my mental my mental age you know I'm sure they're out there. I would just love to know, you know, what I'm just curious. I have a pretty good idea that it's hovering around 14, 12 or 14. I'm thinking that life's been the test and I'm thinking 12, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it always amuses me when we did the uh, black hole episode. Everyone's like, "Wow, you're you're that young?" and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it happens when you obsessively read about a topic when you're preparing to <laughs> write a blog about it or write, record a podcast about it i love that episode because because you definitely brought the knowledge on that one because me generally i i mean i like to think i've done my homework or we usually we pick a uh, a quote-unquote safe topic where it's something that we really know our shit about because we've you know watched it a million times or read it a whole lot of times or something like that but that one there it was like i remembered seeing it as a kid once or twice on hbo and then we had just rewatched it again you know, for that show. Other than that, that was the extent of my homework. <laughs> you know, so you really came in with the knowledge on that one. Uh, so like I, I said, I appreciate uh, it. Now, and and you know that, and that was why after that, when you put up the request thread, I said, "Oh, let's do Orca," because you know Scott loves Orca. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think maybe I've seen maybe once all the way through on that one i'm not i'm and i'm not even sure on that to be honest i know i've seen it a couple times and i would be willing i would be willing to watch orca again i remember i remember it being a moody a moody and creepy movie for the most part i say any movie with what i have dubbed the ejection type whale miscarriage it's a unique scene in a movie you can't you can't beat that you can't beat that with a bat yeah, the, the, Maybe and, further and, down and the Richard road, we've exhausted. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I never saw the man called Horse as <laughs> Captain, whatever the hell his name was from. It's Hope even Day. better when you think about that. That's Dumbledore out there. Oh, that's, oh, that's true. true. I thought, yeah, I never thought about that. I mean, we I watched know. that. Uh, I watched it with a couple of my friends, uh, and I was watching it with uh, my my friend Adam. And he, he when when the when the ejection type whale miscarriage comes, he yells, "Expelleramus!" <laughs> That's wrong. Maybe someday down the road, when we've exhausted every other, <laughs> you know, commentary and and episode of interest that's on the back burner, then then maybe we'll do that one. Gee yeah. whiz, buzzkill! <laughs> I was gonna say so. So what? Three, four months down the road. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, we won't make it into next year. That's for sure. Not, not with people donating you two, uh, two cents. We got to get all the movies in before the world yeah, ends in 2012. I mean, while we do appreciate any donations whatsoever, yeah, that I, I still haven't quite got a, a, a handle on that. I don't know. If... <laughs> <laughs> or if that was a fuck you or what that was. It was somebody yeah. throwing in their two cents. Uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's got to throw in their two cents once in a while. <laughs> and you know what? I I told Bailey, I said, don't do it, man. But you know, he just... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody listens to Luke, so... <laughs> 
Great. And I'm we'll, just kidding. We'll, I'm just well, kidding. I was just going to say, we'll get Bailey on and he'll just blame it on Shag. Oh, Shag yeah. made me do it. <laughs> now that I'd buy. That I'd, I'd buy I, that for a dollar. Yeah, you know? I would buy that, actually. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I should get my hacker friends on that. <laughs> it was somebody in Georgia's, all I know. It was a name I could not pronounce, so it, it had the feelings of a made-up name to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. That's kind of compl complicated to get a dummy, uh, dummy PayPal account to to mail just to screw four, somebody. four cents to two true freaks. <laughs> <laughs> but that might just say something about the mentality of our listeners. That's true. Or the lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. It was a good joke twice. Yeah, you got, got double mileage out of it. So <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, um, I never would have gotten into listening to Two True Freaks if it wasn't for uh, Scott sending me a PM on the old CGS boards after uh, I said that Star Trek The Motion Picture was the best Star Trek movie and I would <laughs> challenge anyone to a fight to the death if they disagreed with me. And uh, that got me on um, on the, the Motion Picture episode, and that's what got me <laughs> listening to the show. That got you some. Uh, I'm sure that got you some serious brownie points with Scott. Yeah, that's something oh, he yes. wasn't hearing very, very much of at that point. Yeah. No, it's it's funny. I just got into a serious geek discussion with some guys at work the other night where uh, we were talking about they. I actually butted into a conversation. Truth <laughs> be told, where they were discussing Scott butting into something. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just kind of walked over. I was like, what are you guys talking about anyway? Because I had a feeling that's what they were talking about. And they were like, we're talking about Star Trek movies. And they were like running through all of them. And it's like every single one of them got discussed at great length, but nobody ever said anything about the motion picture. And then somehow or other, the, the conversation came around to that one. And I was, you know, they, they stood there ripping on it for like 20 minutes. And then they were like, so what do you think? I'm like, well, that's my personal favorite of the, of the, you know, and it was just like stunned silence. And I was like, but let me tell you why. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I got a kick out of that. But yeah, I still to this day, I'm still trying to, to change the world on, on the opinion of well, that. Well, I'm movie. hoping that episode has brought a few of the, the fans out of the out of the closet and maybe even like put some new light on it for Yeah. For it has. People. I've actually I've actually gotten PMs and emails from people that have been like, you know, I thought you were crazy, but I went back and watched it and you know, blah blah blah. It's you know, it's a better movie than I you know, that sort of thing. So So the brainwashing in our show works. Yes, that subliminal shit truly does work. I don't know why they stopped doing that in the 50s, because, man, it does. It Who really says does. they did? <laughs> this Who is says true. they did? Actually, that explains a lot of shit going on these days <laughs> in the real world, if they're still doing the subliminal shit. Yeah. But, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, but speaking of that, I, I, I still have that plan whenever I can just find the freaking time to do it to uh, to do a commentary for uh, for Star Trek the motion picture so keep on me about that if you yep. guys actually give a shit to hear that yeah. but I will I will actually I will get that done if there's enough interest and demand for it well I know the the pet project that I've been kicking around at uh, and and I think uh, Chris I may have mentioned this to you is at some point I've got to do a commentary for Death Wish 3 which is the greatest film ever made. I think, Scott, you would be a natural for a viewing of Death Wish 3, even if you hadn't seen it before on a commentary. I think there would just... I, don't, I think there yeah, would be a lot of just you laughing. Just good. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! I, I, 
know, I could I could be persuaded possibly, but my my problem with those movies, I don't think I ever saw more than a few minutes of one of them. My problem with those is that they probably are great movies. I just never liked Charles Bronson. He, oh, but you like oh, the Punisher now. But I like the Punisher. He's so. a definitely a prototype of the. Those movies are definitely yeah. a prototype I, for I the think Punisher. I actually have heard where where Jerry Conway admitted that that um, that the death at least one of the Death it's, Wish movies was kind yeah, of a, it's an, it's got yeah, to be. Curse, yeah, Kersey really has to be when you when you really get down to it. I mean, uh, even down to you know the uh, the family getting wiped out and. The uh, the whole nine the, the the whole nine of it you know I mean it's a little bit it take it's taken a little bit farther in the movie but that's because of Garfield's book but uh, yeah that's I, I've I've espoused this on every show I can go watch Death Wish three you will have a blast as Bronson mows down punks it's, for ninety minutes yeah I was gonna <laughs> say it's got the it's definitely got the highest uh, body count. But I mean, why why the third one and not the well? The, the first thing one? is, okay, de- the first Death Wish is is actually a, a pretty serious film, okay, mm-hmm. and you know it's an adaption of Brian Garfield's novel, and there's it's it's mostly a lot of set pieces, just cat and mouse with uh, Kersey laying traps for punks and then and then executing them. The you know the one that a lot of people remember is he's on the subway train with a bag of groceries and the newspaper. And the two punks come up to him, and he's hiding the gun behind the newspaper and blows the one guy away in cold blood and then shoots the other guy and then just calmly steps off the train and walks out. And and 2 is more of the same, but 2 is a bit more exploitative because we get a very graphic uh, scene of his of his daughter, who was mostly catatonic after the events of the first one, getting kidnapped and raped again. Um, and then it's it's kind of the same the idea, whereas by the third one, it's 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 almost like uh, it's almost like a shoot 'em up video game. It's just literally walking the street, gunning down punks. And so it's more point, more straight up the Punisher then. Yeah, I mean it's basically he goes he comes into New York, and he goes to visit his buddy. When he gets to his buddy's house, he's dead and he gets arrested, and then the rest of him he moves into a tenement, and just plots the demise of this of this giant giant street gang. I mean, there's a Browning submachine gun used at one point. Uh, the last, like, 20 minutes is just a running on the gun battle between this giant gang and Kiersey and the chief of police and a couple of his allies with zip guns and old ladies with, uh, with you know, rolling pins. and It's just nonstop violence. <laughs> it, is, it is the most unabashedly violent. It's one of the most, you know, gloriously violent 80s movies if that doesn't sell you on it scott i don't know what will. and and of course there's the widley the widley 45 look i mean you know dirty harry had the 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 coal magnum magnum though the widley was uh another 45 caliber uh uh, handgun that actually could be converted into a carbine rifle depending on how you uh, equipped it and this gun is very lovingly shown. It's my good friend, Mr. Whitley. And uh, it's, yeah, this, it's a hand cannon. And this gun is awesome. And I don't, and I don't even particularly like guns. <laughs> now, on the subject of the Punisher, did you ever see uh, Punisher Warzone? Yeah, I, I didn't make it through that. Oh, I, seriously? I, I do not like Garth Ennis. I barely like the Punisher. Uh, my my brother's a very big Punisher fan. I've never really cared for the character, and that movie was just yeah. That movie. I mean, my 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 wife was watching it with me. She's like, this this I don't want to watch this. And I said, yeah, that's fine. 
I, you know, Punisher's not, Punisher's not my scene. So I, I, you know, I, I dig people that, that I can, you know, I can understand people that dug it and I'm cool with that. But, you know, that's just, I don't know. I just, it didn't do anything for me. It was a little too over the top, which is ridiculous since I'm just talking about Death Wish. Exactly. Yeah. I guess it's all context, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you're the champion of Orca. So, yeah. you know, so, you know, I'm, I, you know, my favorite film of all time is Phantom of the Phantom Paradise. Of the Paradise. So, you know, you're, you're, you're just going to fall into that. Eclect- you're, I, I mean, Scott and I are used to it and I'm sure you used to it, get used to it more from an older guy to, to, uh, with the mind of a 12 year old to a slightly younger guy with the mind of a 12 year old that it ain't going to get any better. You're still going to have people just like shaking their heads when you start talking about those movies for, Hey, that, you know, that's why my signature on the board and something I have said countless times since I first saw Family of the Paradise when I was in high school, Philbin, who is uh, is uh, basically Swan's right-hand man, he's the bad guy's right-hand man in Family of the Paradise, at one point he says, look, a song is a song. You either dig it or you don't. And that's my approach to entertainment. You either dig it or you don't. You just dig some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you know, it's it's it. You know, do you like it? Yeah, knock then more power to you. You know, if you don't like it, hey, you don't dig it. No big deal. I don't begrudge anybody for liking anything. You know, outside of uh, Lady Gaga. You know what? I told you, Rob Halford made her almost listenable, and then Weird Al actually improved on her. If you go to our uh, the video thread, I saw that video. It's intensely disturbing. <laughs> so I, I, so everybody should go see it right now <laughs> hi folks i'm chris honeywell from two true freaks if you're like me you love those classic soundtrack themes but you feel that they're missing something well i've figured out what that something is words yes i'm practically tone deaf but it hasn't stopped me from using rudimentary lyrical techniques to bring you this amazing collection called Honeywell sings the shit out of classic movie themes. Volume 1! Yes, you'll hear me croon all your sensitive celluloid favorites like... Oh, Princess Leia didn't know her mother. Oh, Princess Leia, you kissed your brother. And hey, what about this romantic gem? I cut the head off of a horse and I put it in your bed. It's just a warning about the next time I will make you dead. You kiss my ring. I do my thing. It's just my job here in the mob. I am a slob. Whoa, but just because I have a sensitive side doesn't mean I can't wax majestic. Finding idols, digging bones. Women call him Indiana Jones. He hates Nazis. He hates snakes. But he ironically always runs into snakes. Yes, not only will my singing soothe and inspire you, but sometimes it will also scare the shit out of you. Shark is coming, shark is coming, shark is coming, 
truck is coming, truck is coming, truck is coming, truck is coming, truck is coming. It's a shark. 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 It's about 20 feet long and it's gotta eat. Shark. Shark. Shark, shark. I'm so confident that you will treasure this collection that if you're not 100% satisfied, I will kill myself. Honeywell Sings the Shit Out of Classic Music Themes Volume 1 is available on Demanzaphone Records. Hey, kids, comics! Hey, Michael! Yes? We have to record a promo for our podcast. I've got one. Read our podcast. Read our podcast. You do know this is an audio medium. Watch our podcast. But you can watch podcasts, but not ours, because let's face it, we've got faces for radio. Uh, no, wait, I've got it. Give me a second, right? What, just... Listen to our podcast. Listen to our podcast. Snap it. It's short, sweet. I'm liking it. It's good. It's great. Not exactly telling people what our podcast's about, though, is it? We read comics. We read comics. That's true. That's good. Liking it. Liking this pitch. Carry on. Right. We talk about comics. We do. We talk about comics. We read comics, and then we talk about them, because we can't talk about them before we read them. Excellent. Keep going. And then we sing. Badly. Yes, well, badly is purely subjective, but how many other comic book podcasts do you know where people sing? Hey, kids, comics! Every Thursday at aplayland.podomatic.com Hello, ladies. Listen to your man. Now listen to me. Now listen to your man. Now listen to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped downloading lame-ass podcasts and switched to Two True Freaks, he could learn to sound like me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on the Enterprise with a man your man could sound like. What's in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's a long box filled with comics that you love. Look again. The comics are now episodes. Anything is possible when your man listens to two true freaks and not lame asses. I'm on a tauntaun. Just the two true freaks. Dicks as long as your arms A beats all you never saw Been a flap in their jaws Since the day they was born Prapping on bats A downloading films Well someday Demonzo might get them But Green Cap never will Making their way the only way they know how. Well, that's just a little bit more than good taste will allow. Just the two true freaks treated like they was dirt. I throw in a tantrum like a two modern day Captain Kurtz. Welcome back to episode 874 of Two True Freaks. I'm Jessica Tandy. All right, from uh, Andrew Leland, we've got Six Million Dollar Man episode. Ooh, I like that idea, actually. Faster. I haven't watched that since I was a little kid. I'd be into it, especially Bigfoot and, and the pilot and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I, I could, yeah, I he says here, especially the pilot movie, and I could easily go for the pilot movie because the pilot movie is great. So yeah, we'll have to throw that one on the uh, 
on the list that stuff the to list. do. Yeah, but yeah, I, I want to put that one high on the list because yeah, I could definitely go for that. All right, after listening to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror episode for Big Trouble in Little China, how about an episode for Sky High? I even volunteered a guest spot on it. This is uh, Luke Giaconetti who is, who is saying this. From the basic level of superhero comedy to the insane, awesome cast, now he's just on his soapbox. Dave Foley, Cloris Leachin, Bruce Campbell, Kurt Russell, Linda Carter. This is one who... And uh, what if I said it was her evil twin... I've never seen Sky High. I've heard it's great, so I would be up for it. Would be a good excuse for me to watch it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm up for almost anything with Kurt Russell and and the hair metal hero. Looks like he's on board for uh, for that one too. Yeah, I actually I saw that movie in, at the theater when it came out, and uh, and I liked it. I thought it was pretty good, and I've seen it uh, I think one time since. I have it. I'm pretty sure I have it on DVD. So yeah, I'd be down for that one. All right, let's see here. Um, Fanboy is Prime's the first one on here on this particular thread to bring this up, but I know that it has been tossed around many, many, many times. Is mm-hmm. people wanting us to do an episode on the Transformers? What do you think? And uh, well, it's like we always say, tell them it's hard because neither of us have any background in the tra- watching the train. I've seen the Transformers movie recently the Shia Shia one (laughs) but uh and and I actually I enjoyed it but I you know I wasn't familiar with the characters and stuff it's like uh yeah I it's 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 hard for us to say whether we would do a entertaining show on it because it's just a you know I mean I'd be willing to try at some point you know to to watch it and then get together and say could we approach this and make this something that people who actually like this would listen to or just you know why would they want to listen to two people who don't know anything about the transformers talk about it right when they know so much you know when they are actually big fans you know what i mean i mean it would i don't know if i think the people would want to listen to it would be fans and they'd be like these guys don't know what they're talking about so i don't know We'll, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes i'm i am saving Transformers 2 because I'm thinking it might be a media masochist episode. Right. So I'm probably going to see, and I saw Transformers 1 so I want to see Transformers 2 and isn't there a 3 coming out or or on the way or whatever? Yeah, something. Um, Dark Side yeah. of the Moon or something like that. Uh-huh. Alright, like- next question. Oh, sorry. I like this one from uh, El Jacone here where he says, since mm-hmm. we did the black hole, it makes sense to do 20,000 leagues under the sea. I like that idea. I like that. I, I like that too. Yeah. I, I haven't could. seen that movie in a long time. It's an, That's another a favorite of mine. And then, you know, he goes on to uh, mention that there's some nice disc sets of uh, that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the next the, the next one is, is more of a suggestion than a question. It's from R. Hagen and saying if we're doing Disney films then the Kurt Russell is Dexter Riley trilogy must be covered I'd be into watching those I I would you know I'm a fan of Kurt Russell so I'd watch almost anything Kurt Russell is in even even that earlier you know early just sort of goofy Disney stuff right I could be down for that I don't know that I've 
I don't know which of these I've seen, if I've seen any of them. So yeah, I could be down for that just to, to learn a little bit more about, um, you know, the, the you know uh, uh, an area of that the, whole story. Yeah, of an area of Disney that I, I'm really not familiar with. There must have been something to them because there were three of them, right? So yeah, you know, they must have. There must have been something appealing to them to 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 keep coming out with new ones. So uh, the next question is uh, is uh, once again Luke Jacanetti and uh, can't believe I didn't think about this one before. But how about a show on the Warriors? Which I love the movie The Warriors. I don't know if you've have you ever seen Warriors? No, I've never seen it. Oh, you would love it. Really? Oh, I, 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 oh yeah. It's action. It's fun. It's it's just one. It's it's a road movie. It's a get from one place to another, and it's a it's a cartoonish. It's you know it's it's all the there's this big meeting of all the gangs in New York City, but it's those '80s gangs that never really existed, where every gang was is like some are dressed as baseball players, some are all girls. You know, some are dressed as clowns, and you know, just ridiculous stuff. And 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 there's this guy who's going to unite all the gangs, and he gets shot, and it gets blamed on this one gang called the Warriors, and they're trying to get back onto their home turf, and they have to fight their way through all the other bands, their gangs. Oh, it's awesome! It's awesome, awesomely awesome, awesome. So. Yeah, I I would be I would be into it. That might be a vault of startling monster horror tales of terror, because I I could see the hair metal hero probably being yeah, a big uh, warriors fan too. And El Jacone is sort of on a roll here of like, <laughs> you know, one movie one movie reminding him of of another one. And he was saying, how about Stargate the movie? And uh, I have never seen Stargate the movie. I'm ashamed to say another Kurt Vonnegut or Kurt Vonnegut, Kurt Russell <laughs> movie that that I have to see. You know, I, I definitely want to see it because, uh, you know, and I remember one of my friends who's another Kurt Russell fan whose whose opinions of movies I saw said it was a pretty decent movie, but Kurt Russell is awesome in it. And he's like, it's he's like, you know, it's one of those go to see it just to see Kurt Russell because he's a he's he's a riot in it. Wow. So. I saw it when it came out, and uh, you know, no offense, Luke, but <laughs> I thought that movie sucked hard. Not a fan. No, not at all. There, there was one moment of the score that I really liked, and uh, one moment in the movie that I can recall that I really liked, and that was when uh, there's one part in the movie, way late in the movie, where where Kurt Russell brings the the teleporter thing down on top of somebody. And he says, uh, say hello to King Tut, asshole, or something like that. And then he teleports like half the bo- the person's body away, you know, effectively killing the person. That part I yeah. thought was pretty cool. But the rest of that, I don't know. I just, it wasn't, it just wasn't for me. I just didn't, I didn't really get anything out of it. Uh, so, uh, you're saying you wouldn't be on board then? No. All right. No, not really. Just as a, you you could be the the resident pissant on that show, <laughs> piss all over the proceedings. All right, you got the next question there. Oh, hair metal hero piss, ass. Okay, revisionist history time. He says, 
if you had the power to stop any one sequel from being made, what would it be and why? Garfield 2, <laughs> because it would be one closer to wiping out Garfield 1. Yeah. I struggle. I haven't even seen Garfield 2. And and I'm and I'm solid with that answer. <laughs> How do you like that? Um, you struggle with this? I struggle awesome. badly with this, yeah, because I you know Cause, you know, it's like do I do I go with you know, with with something Well see it's any one sequel, and that's part of the problem is I immediately I was thinking of things like Jaws 3D and Poltergeist 2 and shit like that, but there were more sequels beyond those, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. The one that comes immediately to mind, I, I guess I should always go with just my first instinct in, in on this, just for the sa- sake of brevity. I, the one that comes immediately to my mind, you know, ultimately would be uh, Tron Legacy. I, I felt like that movie just completely failed as a sequel. It's really not wow. a sequel to the original. It's it's more of a reimagining of Tron. And in that vein, I didn't enjoy it. I, I you know, I, I really am a huge, huge, huge Tron fan, and I just didn't like the places yeah, that they that's took weird. the franchise. I didn't, I didn't feel that at all. I felt that it... it, it did feel like a continuation of you know stepping back into that world you know fucked up timeline and all it, it's still it's still that's yeah strange i thought you were warming up to that movie anyway i anyway, I, ha- next, I haven't i haven't but we need to yeah we need to get back into that we need to some, get back yeah. onto that yeah. yeah next one that is from r hagan and he's got it so he's got one for you and one for me the one for you is now that you're in tight with the mouse that's always a that's always a bad sign. That's always like, <laughs> how can I get Scott in trouble? Can you confirm or deny? And then you can see it's getting worse now. <laughs> With that next part being in there, that old urban legend. Oh, you're in trouble. Of a frozen Walt Disney in the bowels. Oh, don't use that word of Magic Kingdom. Uh, yeah, and I, he's got I a winky. Con- winky. I could face. confirm or deny it. Sure. You might find it hard to believe. <laughs> Excellent answer. And Chris, has Hollywood run out of new ideas? Yes. A long time ago. <laughs> but the good thing is Hollywood isn't really as much in charge of entertainment as much as they used to be. So it doesn't really uh, doesn't really matter as much anyway. They can, uh, they can go piss up a rope. All right, you're, you're the next asker. Asker. <laughs> I am the Asker. <laughs> that sounds like a disease, actually. Asker the Grouch? Got a bad ca- got a yeah, got a bad case of Asker and <laughs> and gotta put some salve on it. Loop Jackanetti asks us, what video game which has never been adapted into a film would you choose to make into a film? And this is the only one that I answered on here because I could answer it on here with a, a video. And that's Katamari Damacy, where you you start rolling things into a ball. And I can't believe that I forgot to bring this up in our video game episode, but we knew this was going to happen. You start just rolling like little household items up in a ball, 
and before you know it, you're rolling apartment buildings and stuff, and the whole movie would be just like this little creature starting rolling dust up into a little ball, and by the end, he's rolling up continents, and then the movie's over. And I would love to see that movie and make it. I'm just going to say you? Mountain King. I think Mountain King Ooh. could make a good, like, Indiana Jones-style movie. I'd especially like to see him jump off the mountain at the end of it. All right. Uh, you, did you ask that one? You asked that one, didn't you? Uh, yeah. I can't remember. Okay, so <laughs> Luke Giaconetti's got another one. What's your favorite fictional giant corporation? You missed oh, something like somewhere. Omni. You missed this one from Fanboyus Prime here. Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, here's one from Fanboyamus Prime. What comic book storyline or miniseries would you have adapted into a direct-to-DVD animated movie? Ooh, there's a bunch of them I'd like to do. You know, like uh, Nathaniel Dusk would be a good one. Howard Chaykin's The Shadow. Um, I think the number one that I'd really like to see, though, is, uh, is The Phantom Zone miniseries i think that could be a kick-ass direct because you know most of those directed dvd ones are like pg-13 anyway so you could do that and really not have to pull punches on it at all so i'm going with tuma tuma dracula it's not a tuma it's not a tuma at all oh yeah that would be good too in in a in a, in a really gene Col- you know trying to capture that gene colon style that's what that that I would love to see that. that Supposedly very, there a was a Tomb of Dracula creepy. movie of some kind, but I tried to find it years ago to download and I couldn't find it anywhere. But I don't know that it's actually an adaptation of that material or if it just happens to share the same name, but it is an animated I something or other. vaguely remember seeing part of that now that you mention it. I'll have to do some research on that. I'll get back to you guys on that. I'm, now I'm going to find that out. I, I have a memory of sort of seeing something like that. It might not have been Tomb of Dracula, but it might have just been a Dracula cartoon of some sort. Alright. I'll gotta. I'll, I'll figure that out. <laughs> Alright, you got the next one. Luke Giaconetti wants to know what's your favorite fictional giant corporation? Oh... Well, there's two. One of them's just obscure. It's Globochem, and that's from The Mr. Show, a skit in The Mr. Show. But my all-time favorite giant corporation was the uh, Sirius Cybernetics Corporation <laughs> who, who built Marvin, the, uh, paranoid the, the paranoid android, yeah. and uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and... And they were the first ones against the wall when the uh, revolution came. <laughs> Your plastic pal is fun to be with. But uh, I'd probably say Acme. Like from the old, you know, Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner cartoons and stuff like that. Plus it was even in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, they actually, yeah, like the character of Marvin Acme. And all. I, I thought that was brilliant. I like that a lot. So yeah, I'll say, I'll say Acme. Because they just invented the coolest shit you ever saw, you know? Okay, the next one comes from Dan North. 
Is Midnight Run with Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin a great movie or the greatest movie? Oh, it's one of those trick questions. It is a great movie. I, I really, really like that movie. I, have you ever seen that? I've never seen it, and I cannot oh, you fucking would stand it. Charles Grodin. So I oh, then it. you wouldn't like it. You would not like it at all because Charles Grodin plays an obnoxious character in it. He is an obnoxious character. Well, yeah, he's he's typecast then. <laughs> and, and, but but it's a great slow burn movie for Robert De Niro, and it's a good action movie. You know, it's a good, um, you know, just two two opposite people trapped together by circumstances. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, just a a trick question from uh, <laughs> from Dan North. Then the then the next he has actually another question right after that where. He wants, or not a question, but he'd like to see another Freak Files episode. And he says he's a huge skeptic about everything. I'm an atheist, so it goes with the turf. I'm also all right being proven wrong. And while I do believe that aliens exist somewhere, I'm not sure we've ever had contact with them. I also happen to completely, utterly, positively disagree with Scott's opposition to full disclosure from the government. I understand the fear that would be public chaos, but I don't truly care. I believe people have every right to know everything, no matter how they choose to react. No, they don't. You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Speaking of which, I wouldn't mind a straight-up X-Files episode. I love that show. Yeah, an X-Files episode would be hard because it's like, what do you do? You know, there were there's a lot of X-Files, you know, good and bad, but the X-Files had a long run. I wouldn't mind doing some X-Files. That would be long in the future because I, you know, I don't know. I have a feeling there's a, a, probably a lot of X-Files podcasts out there. But I wouldn't mind actually occasionally pulling up some of my favorite X-Files episodes and maybe doing one on those. You ever seen the one? Did you watch the X-Files? I saw a grand you total ever? of, I think, one episode ever. Oh, really? Yeah. There were some, There were some. you know, there were different. There was, like, episodes that dealt with the larger conspiracy theory arc, you know, and those were like a Twisted Art Bell episode, you know. Of, right. Those were usually really good. And then there were other ones that were sort of Monster of the Week ones. And those ones were sometimes really good, sometimes really cheesy. 
And towards the end, a lot of the acting started becoming sort of parodies of its, you know, the show started becoming almost a parody of itself. But there were some corker, there were some episodes that were awesome, awesome, awesome episodes and just very well written. So I wouldn't mind doing an X, maybe I can pick out a couple key really good X-File. There was one with Peter Boyle in it that was fantastic. He might have even been in a couple of them. All right, you're next. I like this one. It's not a question or anything, but there was uh, from uh, Dave Atterbury here. He had, uh, I would love to hear some Comics 101 or Comics for Dummies. Um, keep listening, Dave, because uh, Michael Bailey and I have something like that uh, you know, on the back burner that we will get to eventually. Yeah, basically he says he's a total comic noob, and it would be nice to get some jumping in advice. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Well, Michael and I had planned to do that quite a while ago, and it just kind of fell, you know, to the wayside, but we were going to get back to that because I like that It's also a idea. wildly, like, um, subjective show. Every Any two people, any people you throw in about with opinions on that are going to come out with different stuff. There'll be a lot of stuff that would come out a lot, you know. Right. Well, I, all right. Then. I always wanted to do, you know, kind of a, you know, how to how to collect comics or how to get into collecting comics type of type of show. So we plan to do that at some point. Got one here from a uh, fanboy must prime. He says, "What people on YouTube would you tell to their face they sucked and their show was crap?" Oh, you know, uh, how many? There's millions of them on YouTube. Literally, I would have to say. If I had to pick just one, it would be this fucking ass wipe called Ray William Johnson. You ever heard of Ray William Johnson? I don't know what he does. He gets trillions of views. He's a fucking bottom feed. He's one of these bottom feeders. And I pick him because there's just so many people who've learned his trick, which is you act really obnoxious, but you don't say anything. And you just put on this, like, affected, like, hey, blah, 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 way of talking. Uh, and what he does is just finds viral videos that someone else made. And then he 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 talks in front of them and talks behind them or, and does stupid. Sh- it, basically, he just leeches onto a, a viral video and draws attention to himself. And somehow... He gets himself so high in the search engine that, like, when you're doing searches for things, there he is all the time. <laughs> and he's and and you'll click on his videos sometimes by mistake, thinking that you want to see the kitty cat that's skateboarding or whatever, or the kitty cat that knows how to bake cupcakes or whatever. And and then you you go to watch it, and it is the kitty cat making cupcakes. But first, it's like Ray William Johnson mugging at the camera and acting like a fucking asswipe. So, yeah, that's who I would tell. Fucking asshole. See, I never really watch, like, a person... I I don't watch any shows on YouTube, so this probably... It's a whole culture. But the other day... It's like podcasting. The other day I was on YouTube just kind of nosing around. And, you know, there's always that, that bar that's off to the side with all these suggested other things. And one of them was the uh, Steve Irwin death video. And I was like, uh, I shouldn't click on this, but okay. I clicked on it, and it was this guy sitting, you know, it was this big, fat, 
slob and he's sitting in his chair and he's like, why did you click on this? Do you really want to see that? You know, why don't you remember Steve Irwin the way he was? And here's a video of just some manta rays swimming around. And I was like, the fuck is this? You know, <laughs> like if you're going to advertise it as being, you know, this thing, then, you know, put that thing on, you know, otherwise. They, no, yeah, no, they don't care. They just want to get the view. Exactly. Count, you know, so and that's exactly what it was. They're watching their bullshit. Yeah. And he had, he had. I wonder. Um, turned off the, the comments so you mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, cuss him out for being an asshole. It was like. Because as immediately people started cussing him out, mm-hmm. going, you're fucking rickrolled me, you fucking prick. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, rickrolling was funny at first, but then it became, you know, actually really annoying. Right. And to be rickrolled. I always thought it was very annoying right from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, so the next one, next one is, uh, it's aimed at you, but I have an opinion to it, too. Oh, okay. Uh, Scott, what did you think of David Goyer's backup story in Action Comics 900 and what happened in it? I haven't read it, so I really shouldn't say anything, but if it's, if there's truth to the story that it was about Superman, you know, renouncing his American citizenship and all that, then I think that, uh, Goyer should be fired. I think that uh, somebody in charge at uh, DC should uh, uh, issue an official apology. And at the very least, I think that everybody involved from the guy who came up to the, with the idea to the guy that approved the idea to the printer that printed the fucking book, they should all be completely ashamed of themselves. It's disgraceful. Yeah, I didn't think in, in the context of the story, it's it's not as much Superman renouncing the United States is trying to say, I don't want people to think everything that I do stands up for the United States. The problem I had with it, I thought it was a very poor story, is there was there was one scene with the Secret Service had guys in the trees with guns trained at Superman with kryptonite bullets, which A, is just da- downright <clears throat> hostile <laughs> from your own government but right. you know they were questioning his loyalty because he had gone to stand stand with the protesters in Iran basically and uh, so they didn't know whether they trusted him or not so they had guns on him which I just thought was stupid because yeah you could shoot at Superman with a, a kryptonite bullet but there's a whole faster than a speeding bullet thing so, it, I would think the CIA... It, here, it, it all comes down to, he, you know, Goyer's trying to write a story that this is, like, something that might happen in reality, you know, and bring that, like, let's bring modern politics and, and reality into Superman and all that. And I say, if you're going to do it, do it. But they don't do it. They put in stupid elements of non-reality and stuff like that that are in comic book elements into it and the two don't mix and it, it the 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 you know it, it just doesn't it doesn't work i understand 
what what he's trying to do but it comes off it, it's half-assed and and in the end I, I think it was something that was thought of because they knew there would be controversy and thus comic book sales mm-hmm uh, and it was already a big, you know, like milestone number issue. So they were going to get some, some play with it too. Might as well use that oppor- opportunity to to push it up a little higher, raise the bar a little bit, and put some. And you know, when when all is said and done, they said something like, "Ah, it was just a story. We're never going to follow up on it." You know, it was just a little standalone what if he story. So in the end, it was just a fucking. It was a way to 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 rouse up a tempest in a tea kettle. <laughs> Dan North wants to know if you guys were going to write an original novel, either together or separately, what would it be about? And he also wants to know what our favorite movies are. Oh well, mine's on record is is one full of the cuckoo's nest. Um, if I was if if. Uh, I have plans for original novel. I ain't telling nobody about that. That's a top secret until <laughs> it gets to a certain point. Um, I don't know if I if I sat down and wrote something with you, Scott. I think I would like first want to get a couple nonfiction things out of the way because right. there's some good good or or, or fiction or a fictionalized. I would I wouldn't mind doing a fictionalized. Um version of our youth where we just took all the stories and threw, threw them into a few month uh, a, a month long period or one adventure or, you know came up with a ridiculous hardy boys adventure but it was like uh, you know the hardy boys and the fucking mystery of the double white you know or something like that <laughs> and, you know throw pete hesh in there and throw all the characters from our youth and and throw all those stories in but throw them in in the context of a ridiculous Thing. That would be. That would be fun. What about you? I don't know. I always wanted to write. You've actually written an original novel. Yeah, I did. Um. I, don't know, I always wanted to write my autobiography, so I guess like a like a fictionalized or, you know, the names have been changed to protect the innocent version of. of my autobiography, I guess, would be something I, I still aspire to do someday. But we'll see. I think, for the meantime, I think the podcast is kind of serving that purpose, you know? It'll be the, oh man, when they make that into a movie, it'll be the greatest oh, made-for-TV movie since Bill. Yeah. Alright, the next one's like piggybacking on the the last one. And it's, he, he's just, it's from Pan Pan 23 and he's asking about what movies that when you come across on TV and are at a certain scene and then you have to keep watching them until the end, like it's a mandate or something that you have to watch. And then he says, you know, when he sees Carrie right before she loses it at the prom or the Karate Kid right before the tournament, he's, that's it, you're in. I'm like that with any Star Wars movie, Star Trek movie yeah. at any point. If I catch, if I'm... I don't watch TV. I don't even have a TV anymore. But if I'm like, if I when I was channel surfing, and I came on to almost any sci-fi movie like that, that was it. I was hooked, you know, or something like Predator or any Terminator movies or anything like that. You know, that that's that. Caddyshack was one I'll always watch if it's on. The one that comes immediately to mind to me, the one that I cannot walk away from, 
no matter what scene it's at in the movie is Jaws. If Jaws is Ooh. on and I see it, I'm going to end up watching it. You know, it's it's just one of those movies. So, yeah, that, that's my short answer is Jaws. Yeah, that would yeah, that would definitely be a uh, um yeah, what's what's the next one we got here? Dan North wants to know if we listen to any podcast audio dramas or would we be interested in doing one? Um, I don't listen to any of them, and as far as doing one, I would almost uh, qualify my Jonah Hex show as one, and I enjoy doing it, but <laughs> it's a shitload of work, and that's why I have it's a, a, lot of a work. new episode out in seven months, so yeah. I don't. There, there's not any really audio dramas that I listen to. I wouldn't be interested in doing a running one for just the reason you said, because it's so much work, you know. Unless you were doing a really short one, but I like doing stuff once like that. Like that Star Wars, that goofy reading the first chapter of Star Wars was right. Was fun, you know, and putting all the sound effects in it. But it's it's labor intensive. But yeah, I would I would. Uh, I would believe it. And then Dan North rounds up with another question very similar to that one. Do you guys believe in an afterlife? For the record, he doesn't. I believe in an afterbirth. Ooh, that can be proven. Um, yeah, well, that's a, that's a sticky question. You know, is an after? I, I don't believe in an afterlife for, say, myself as Chris Honeywell. Uh, you know, short answer. I don't think there's much... Uh, you know, ego. Anyway, I'd have to say I don't. I, w- I would say I don't believe in an afterlife, in the um, tr- tradition. I, 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 if I was going to posit what was hap- would happen, I would say I do not think that there's going to be some sort of place where I'm like walking around going, "Hey, you know, it's my old dog." You know, I don't. I don't really believe in in that so much. Yeah, is there a, a state of consciousness that happens? There, you know, I think that's very likely. But then again, what the hell do I know? Yeah, I mean, I, I gave a I gave a smart ass answer to that, but my my real honest answer would be, yeah, yeah, I believe there is. What is it, and what does it consist of, and what do we exist as, and do we know? You know, are we conscious or are we in a dreamlike state? I mean, those are all unknowns. I don't know. Those are all possibilities, yeah. you know. There's an, there's literally infinite possibilities, with, you know, some being more likely than others. But yeah, it's just like, ain't nobody telling. So who knows? I mean, you know, I was raised to to believe in a very Christian afterlife, and you know, so a lot of that is is still my belief system and everything. But at the same rate, I'm totally willing to admit and I totally recognize that a lot of that can be chalked up to a comfort system that you know has been devised to you know help people deal with you know their, the their, fact that you're going to croak yeah, fear at of some point. the inevitable you know yes I understand that yeah. but at the same rate I don't want that to sound callous and, and everything because I, I do believe like in the power of prayer for example and things like that you know I do believe that we were created, and I do believe that our creator continues to have an active hand in our affairs. You know, that it, I, I believe quite honestly that if, you know, you ask the creator, we are the creator for 
intervention in certain things in your life that if it falls into that creator's plan for how things are going to unfold that then there's a possibility that your prayers can be answered yeah but you know that that gets into a whole area of there's a whole of like what is the nature of the universe and and when you're talking about praying could you be actually petitioning a creator or could you actually be using your latent powers of being actual part of the universe right. to inner blah, blah, blah. it's well, all not possible, even so much know? that is that for me i i've, well, I've just found over the years that one of the reasons i don't i'm not really active in a church or or a particular religion or a particular denomination or any of that is just over the years i have come to find that i'm a very private person when it comes to these things i have my own particular belief system i have my own particular way of how i want to deal with my beliefs and and my relationship with the creator and things like that and i i haven't really found anything where it sinks up you know i I, and that's part of the experience for me i think that's you know, so many people say, you know, they have a problem with religion or they have a problem with organized religion. I think that's a lot of it is that ultimately it's something that you have to come to terms with individually. I think being told you have to toe a party line with something as like important that, yeah. as, you know, your person. Important and unprovable to, you know anyone beyond yourself you right. know it's just yeah yeah I, I i have serious problems with that but anyway yeah my my short answer is yeah sure i think so i think there's i i don't think we simply wink out you know like a like yeah. a light switch being turned off you know you see, i don't my answer that. depends on who i'm talking to if i'm talking to somebody who's like a christian of the like strict but you know fundamentalist who's like you know do you believe in heaven and i you know and i know their definition of heaven is like the pearly gates and and all that i would say no and that but unless i but if i was talking to anybody else it's just like it's not really a yes or no it's hard to do a yes or no answer to that you know right Unless you, you unless you do the whole law of art, you know argument rules thing where you define what all the points are or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, onward to something something probably hopefully different than metaphysics. Fanboy is prime uh, started a, a, a trend of questions here. He asks us both uh, what our Avengers lineup would be and our Justice League lineup would be, but didn't really set any parameters at all, so I guess we can set our own parameters. So what would your Avengers lineup and your Justice League lineup be? God, I've never read either of those books, but I would imagine, you know, from what I know about them, the Avengers, I would probably be into the more, like, early Avengers, like the original lineup of them. Justice League, I don't know. I don't know what the dis- di- what different Justice League lineups there were. Or, I don't know, maybe he wanted us to come up with a, um, like a dream team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, you, you, if oh, you could geez. put you know, whatever characters you wanted on that team, and that's the team, then what? what is your lineup? Yeah, well, with both of those... Jeez, I... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I'm not even sure who's, you know, positive who's in them. I mean, I know the just, I know who's in the Justice League insofar as that stupid ju- it's Justice League da, 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 of America. So I know, like, <laughs> you know, the Superman, your Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman and Aquaman are 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 in there. I'm trying to think of who. I mean, I don't know. I might want to add like Firestorm to that because he was always a favorite mm-hmm. of mine. Was he ever in the Justice yeah, he League was in the at Justice all? League. Okay, well then. <laughs> I mean, the Avengers. I I like that. I don't know. I can't. I, it's it's another one of those the fanboy is prime likes to answer the questions that I'm just not qualified right. to answer. Well, for me, I mean, my Avengers lineup. I, I'm I'm good with the classic Avengers lineup. You know, you you got your you you got your Cap, your Thor, your Iron Man, your Wonder Man, your Vision. You know, Scarlet Witch, whoever. I don't really care. You know, I'd like to see Hercules be in there. There's some I, I would like to see just not be in there. But to me, any Avengers lineup that that would be my dream team would have to include one person in particular, and that's Rom the Space Knight. Because I felt- oh, not Screamar. <laughs> Ang- or Angar the Screamer. Screamer. Yeah, I could see him being <laughs> Screamar the Angar. <laughs> but no, I mean, one of the first Avengers comics I remember buying as a kid was that one. It was the red cover, and it had a whole bunch of just headshots, and it said uh, something like "Who who will make the cut of the Avengers" or something like so, you know something worded like that. And one of the pictures was Rom the Space Knight. And I just, I've always liked that idea of Rom being an Avenger. And of course, it, you know, it never happened. He didn't join the team or anything. But I think that that would be really, really cool. I'd like to see Rom as a member of the Avengers. So, yeah, my classic, or my, uh, my lineup for Avengers would definitely have to include Rom. See, the thing with Justice League is, I think if you have Superman, you don't need anybody else. Right. Because I love, there was a cartoon I remember seeing a while ago <laughs> where somebody called the Hall of Justice, I don't know, like Black Falcon or somebody, answered the, the trouble alert, and they're like, where's Superman? Is it's Superman like, there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, you know, Superman's not here. I'd be happy to help you. And it's like, yeah, you know, hey, come on, this shit's not funny. We have an emergency. Where's Superman, you know? <laughs> so they don't want to deal with these other assholes. But at the same rate, I think my Justice League lineup, really, it's going to come down to the super friends. You know, it's going to be Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman and Robin, Aquaman and Zanjana and Gleek, you know? I mean, that's the Justice League to me. Wendy, Marvin and Wonder Dog, you know? I like those guys. I mean, that was what I grew up with was Uh super friends, you know? So, you know, I can't even really think of like... obscure character or anything I'd want to throw in there, you know, like somebody I always wanted to see be a, a Justice League person. I, I For DC, I, I don't think I really have anybody like that. Um, so, yeah, and then Scotty followed it up. He goes by Rock Legend 2 on the on the thing here, but that's, that's Scotty, my son. He wanted to know what our X-Men lineup would be, and pff, that's a really tough one because I am just not an x-men fan at all but you know let's see that's the one i can actually answer i would say i would take the 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 not the classic lineup but the john byrne lineup one of you know with storm wolverine you know just that kitty pride phoenix you know that whole from the phoenix story to the you know that whole run of john byrne and then i would add i don't even know if you would call him a mutant he ended up with the new mutants 
and now I can't even remember his name. <laughs> but he was um he was during the Senkevitz run of New Mutants. Uh-huh. Do you remember this guy? He was like a black interdimensional not black as in like a black man or African American. He was like coal black and he was Sunspot. Not Sunspot. Not Sunspot. This guy this guy was a total Bill Senkevitz creation. He was completely kind of abstract. Uh-huh. You know what I'm do you know what I'm talking no, about? His no, character, he looked like he looked like almost like slashes of black ink with weird faces and hair, uh, almost like an Indian cave painting. He was literally almost abstract. Hmm. I can't remember the the name of him. He was in the New Mutants for a while. You're not talking about Warlock, are you? No. No, I don't know who you're talking about. I would throw him in because he was really cool and he was just like this weird... It it was somebody that was created so Bill Sienkiewicz could draw a mutant. And, and, And I liked it because he was like a representation... You know, they were. He was like his character was something you couldn't really visualize, so it was all this weird. Uh, it's hard to say. He was almost looked like he was made out of straw, but he would be could form into different shapes. But they were all jaggedy always, and it, it looked like Bill Senkevitz art of that that time period. I would throw him in with that burn era. Um, X-Men to see how another artist would draw him and then uh, that would be my ideal X-Men lineup (laughs) another Dan Norther and uh, if you could have any characters on one team uh, you know of of, it seems and so he's got he named Superman Indiana Jones Darth Vader and what uh, okay so let me start again because I sort of tangented in the middle of his sentence if you could have any characters on one team what would the group consist of the maximum amount is six i like this question a lot because to me this is like where you could form your own version of like the league of extraordinary gentlemen kind of thing so right off the bat two of them i thought of was um john mcclane and robocop um yeah Beyond that, I'm not sure. I kind of like the idea of Indiana Jones. Um, no, I know. I, I think, let's see, John McClane, RoboCop, Rambo. I like that idea. Um, say, maybe Batman. Um, shit, I'm not sure beyond that. Who else Who else could you put out? How many is that? Four? So I still got two yeah, more slots. Up, up to you can stop at any time, but you can only have six. Yeah, maximum amount of maximum six. Maximum six. Um, trying to think, who else? You gotta fill it up to six because there's always six fucking awesome people for a team. So you know, right? Um, need a you time traveler, maybe the- like uh, Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. And let me see. We got. We got. Hmm. What do we what do we need? What do we lack for a well-rounded team? Don't really have a science guy. Bill Nye the science guy. Bill Nye the science guy. Bill, 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 Bill. Um 
Maybe say Mr. Spock. I don't. I have no idea. Dazzling display of logic. <laughs> I just like the idea right. of John McClane and RoboCop being on a team together. You might have to help me with the last member of the team. Oh, okay. The, the first, the first three would be um, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, <laughs> and then Harrison Ford's character from uh, Witness. Oh yeah. And then it would be. Uh, um. Um, he- Dr. Henry Jones, James Bond, as played by um, Sean Connery, and one other Sean Connery character. There's got to be another Sean- good Sean Connery character that kicked ass. Oh, hello. Welcome to the Freak Museum. Why don't you come inside? Yes, watch your step. Yes, come this way. You'll notice to your left a perfectly preserved wild Waffledorfer beast. And over here, we have our newest acquisition. A rare example of the true freak. We've acquired two of them from different parts of the country, no less. Oh, don't worry. They're quite restrained well. Yes, we've sedated them with uh, Back to the Future 1 through 3. They've watched them 84 times, so they're quite harmless. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't get your finger too close to his mouth. He'll snap. Yes, just keep your distance and you're quite safe. But... Wait, let me turn this music off. You think that's freaky, huh? Well, listen to this. This is the Irredeemable Shag. Recording a sound file for the freaks? Mm. Much freak I sense in you. Mm, indeed. <laughs> Alright, well we've got... I wouldn't say he's a Demanza Corp employee because he's not, like, doing a regular show or hasn't signed the contract yet, but, you know, we'll see about that. We got Shag... And, uh... Stop, but stop, it, stop. Hold on. He, I, don't, I don't use my last name. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I should have said that up front. I, I can, can you mind? I sorry. Could you start over and just call me irredeemable shag if you don't mind? I could do that. It's it's if all I about was protecting. So inclined. It's all yeah. about protecting. It's all about protecting the kids. Holy sorry. fucking it's all pretentious children. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost worth using this banter, but I really don't want my name in the show. Sorry, guys. All right. Okay. I got it covered. I got it covered, man. I understand totally, man. Just wait till you have a podcast, motherfucker. All right. Our first call in. Um, this is, uh, you know, we've been, uh, the, I wouldn't say he's actually a Demanza Corp employee because he hasn't. We haven't gotten him to to sign the actual contract yet, but we're working on it. But today we have Symbol, the man who is formerly known as the Irredeemable Shag. How is that for, <laughs> is that, was that a good, uh, was that an appropriate introduction? That's great. That's great. I appreciate that. And I can guarantee you I'm not a DeMonzo Corps employee because I haven't got a damn paycheck from them yet. <laughs> Who has? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the funny thing about that. Yeah. You get they, yours they, when they, we get ours. They haven't exactly. even sent me the hot interns that show up and take off their clothes in your house that I've heard so much about. Well, it so, depends all on what your definition of hot is, too. So. Oh, gotcha. Go. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. Um, now, when Scott sent me the email, it said something. It must have been a it must have mistyped a uh, keystroke error. It said something about two hundredth episode. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Number two hundred. Sure. Well, it, well, that 
obviously can't be. I mean, it's, we, we, it's only been like six or seven episodes, right? I mean, we did the Star Wars one with uh, issue 50. We did the Cher Brie. We did the Star Trek First Contact. You know, we've done, yeah, maybe five yeah, or six the, episodes, the, the, right? Those are the, yeah, the ones you've listened to, right? Those are the ones you've listened to. What do you mean? You have other shows? Oh. That people listen to? Man, I told you this was a mistake to invite him. Seriously? What? Wait a minute. People listen to you, Jokers? Okay, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. All those downloads then you're seeing on iTunes, that's your mom, okay? <laughs> well, I did long suspect that, but... I'm wow. getting some kind of interference on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I have to be nice for a minute. No, guys, con- congratulations on 200 episodes. That's an amazing achievement, considering your both lack of uh, wherewithal and commitment to anything in life. Um, I'm really impressed, and I, I, I do hear through the rumor you've got rumor you've got one or two listeners. So those of you, you know, that's the sound of two hands clapping for you guys right there. So congratulations on 200 episodes. Here's to 200 more, or at least five or six more with me. And uh, keep at it, nerds. I, I don't know what you just said, but them words were sure pretty. <laughs> I thank you. I thank you. Thank you, Shag. And we'll, we'll, we'll see you again, buddy, about episode 450 or so. Yeah. You mean episode 7, right? Okay. <laughs> Anything at all is cool. cool. Just a little is it recording now? This is Matt Bush, and you guys are listening to the Two True Freaks podcast. And actually, now that I'm here, it's the Three True Freaks podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet Look you. forward to hearing from you. Cool, thanks. Okay. Hey, ladies. You probably heard some of those bad stereotypes about us so-called nerds. Well, two true freaks are here to prove all that trash talk wrong. Come on into the captain's quarters, baby. Does the smell of mylar turn you on? What's that? Yeah, baby. All 97 long boxes are full to capacity. Oh, do you feel a little faint? Let me pull out my tricorder and take some readings. But first, let me draw these original Star Trek The Motion Picture curtains. Hey, folks, it's Maury Clawhammer here, and I personally guarantee that Two True Freaks is always hot and it's always topless, okay? And it's available 24 hours a day on the internets. Get your freaks on! TwoTrueFreaks.Libson.com Alright, it's episode 200. We got some more DemanzaCorp employees, DemanzaCorp regulars, regulars to our show, people who do shows for DemanzaCorp. Today, in our lineup, we've got Hope Mullinex, Todd Grady, and the legendary Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero. And, um... (laughs) And Hope and Todd, we sort of brought into the Demanzacorp fold at the same time a few years. What was it? Two or three? Two two years ago at Dragon Con. Two Dragon Cons ago, when we actually yeah. attended Dragon Con with Todd and Eric. Fuck you, Eric Peterson. Peterson, and <laughs> shared a room with them. And and those stories are legendary and part of Two True Freaks canon and are available on the internet for anybody who is brave enough and strong enough of stomach to to view them and I uh, <laughs> hope we met there when uh, Scott and I did a, a Clone Wars panel and, and she was actually asking 
intelligent and interesting questions during I it. I think she was the only person that mm-hmm. did that, actually. Except for that little kid <laughs> that was that little kid. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Exactly. So, and, and, and Chris Tyler, he started out as just a funny guy on our forum, but then the fun stopped when one day he took <laughs> up the challenge to watch the movie A Serbian Film, which I had been talking about in a sort of stunned state after seeing and he actually watched it and uh, we recorded a media masochist episode together and um, then I started fighting with Luke, Jake, and Eddie about the Beatles and that was sort of the, the, the between those two things we started the vault of startling monster horror tales of terror, the Demanza Corp horror podcast and Hope has started doing her own her own solo podcast called Hope of All Trades which is I think what up to episode like 8 or 9 now, something like that mm-hmm. and I don't number. It's like eight, it's like eight or nine. Yeah, I'm the one who puts the number on them. But uh, yeah, it's up to eight or nine. And you also have the honor of having the most downloaded Two True Freaks episode, which was the Hetalia episode that we did with you and um, your friend Dana. <laughs> Woo! That's because I'm awesome. So wow, I did. I I think I did all those introductions in in one breath. So thanks for working for Demonzacorp. Well, so benefit check. Check. <laughs> yeah. When am I getting paid? <laughs> when we get paid. Hey? <laughs> what is this pay that concept? <laughs> you know, everybody needs a good laugh every day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We get paid in the adulation of, of the listeners. I think it's the Taiwanese whores that make, make the uh, best benefit. Demanza <laughs> yeah. likes to keep those on the on the on the down low and hope yeah that's right that's right hope we got it we need to we need to talk to you and get your um all the um your qualifications for your taiwanese oh i don't want to say whore you know i i I don't like using the crew (laughs) crew. wait what i I get a pool boy (laughs) you get well you could get a pool boy you could get a pool girl you could get a lady boy I don't know. Demanzo will probably get you whatever you need. <laughs> He's probably got access. Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what 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 particular flavor you would want. Uh, uh, you know, Dufo did not let me know that Lady Boys were an option. Okay, now I'm pissed <laughs> well, off. Stay away from my Lady Boys. <laughs> Best of both pa- worlds. Package up the old one Lady and send them back, Boy. Chris. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Like Lady Boys? Are you meaning like pretty boys that sort of if you have to, like they look like ladies, and you have to double check, and you're like, "Oh no, that's a get boy. the get the form from him and fill it all out. You can fill in all the specifics of what you need, what in your preferences. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> no, I think he's talking about interchange. Yeah, not about. yet. That's that's probably expensive. There's, that's probably for rich people now. The yeah, the the, the snap on yeah snap on tools is probably. You get the one with the with the spinning drill crotch, like like that one, like Micronaut. Mi- like yeah. Microtron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Telefunken U forty seven. Wildly inappropriate for kids, let me tell you. <laughs> Not as inappropriate as that uh, Harry Potter vibrating uh, broomstick. <laughs> broomstick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So that's why Harry Potter is so popular with the women. I, I, you finally made sense of that for me. Somebody did just send me a link for uh, Cthulhu set. 
that were quite frightening. Cthulhu what? Sex toys. Oh, oh yes. I... That were oh, no. quite, quite disturbing. Do they drive you insane? Well, we, we... Um, from the inside out. Awesome. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I coming in on the video on this? This will be a visual gag if no, I am. But, no, but, uh, we can't do I I, no, I have, uh, to, I have to pay extra for video for video but you're, uh, conference calls. You're, Fuck. But your avatar uh. is awesome, dude. It's <laughs> For those at home, it's uh, Wolverine, with I assume this must be your face, Chris. Oh, that's my face. Making like a grr face, and then on each of his claws, he's got one of them's got like a double hamburger. It's like, it looks like a, a double whopper, and absolutely. then a chili dog <laughs> on the other. One. <laughs> That's right. awesome, dude. <laughs> I just picture Wolverine, you know, just letting himself go. I was, <laughs> I was just gonna say, you've never lost a fight with a with a chili dog or a. <laughs> no, you ever get chili in your eye? It hurts. <laughs> well, that's the pain that goes along with victory. <laughs> So Todd, uh, you know we're we're in the same state now, buddy. What what the hell? Why don't we ever get together? We've gotten together in, in once? the same state and an hour and a half apart. Yeah. Yeah. What what the fuck's up with that? It, it's I think it's called. We both have like you know stuff lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, we do need to get back together and, and drag Mr. Peterson down too. Absolutely, we do. I, you know, I was just uh, messaging back and forth with him on Facebook today, and he was asking me about Dragon Con, and I don't know. We we were kind of talking about this last night, actually, and I, I think we kind of reached a consensus that it didn't look like we were going to make uh, Dragon Con. If this I year, sell everything but... in my garage sale, maybe I might be coming down to Dragon Con. But the 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 whole Star Wars thing sounds pretty. Uh... That's what I'm holding out for. It. I'm, I was going to talk to you and and Todd and Eric about that. I think that we that's what we should all shoot for because it's over a year away. We can all oh, save up. Oh, that's next August. Next oh. August, yes. It's, it's, it's oh. biannual. Star Wars celebrations are biannual, and I could not be more is excited. Is this at a that hotel it, in Orlando or is it at Disney? It's at the, conven- it's at the convention center. It's at the right. uh, Orange County, I think. They down, call it. Yeah, down at International Drive. Yeah, it's where I went for for MegaCon. So I've already been there once and can tell you that it's it's a, a beautiful place. It's huge. I can only imagine what it will be like once it's full of you Star know Wars. Geek, geek Star Wars nerds from all over the planet. Because I know what it was like when it was full of just nerds Regular from nerds. all over the planet. Yeah. yeah, you know. So this it'll be that much more awesome when it's just can, focused condensed. on Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it, it should be pretty neat. I mean, I was just on their website looking at, you know, pictures from prior ones. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot about it because when I got down here, of course, it was going on. And I just I could not justify the expense. You know, I had just blown into town. I was I was staying with Mark. And uh, I mean, I didn't have a penny to my name and wasn't you know, I hadn't found a job yet. And it was like. Yeah, you know, this would not look so good to, you know, just blow off to some convention, you know, when I was supposed to be pounding the pavement every day for for work. So I missed it and I've been kicking my own ass about it ever since. And then all of a sudden I heard, hey, did you hear it's coming back, which I didn't think was ever supposed to happen. You know, up till now, I believe they've been held in a different city somewhere in the world, you know, every time they've been held because it's been at what, like la and tokyo or some shit like that i mean it's been all over the place so i figured well i missed my opportunity but 
evidently they the the last one was some sort of record attendance type of thing you know because it was tied in with uh, the closure of uh of uh star tours and all that so i don't know how they'll top it but i'd like to i'd like to try to get us all together there to find out you cool. piqued my interest now I think I need to start saving money just so I can hit on some BBW layers. It'd <laughs> <to> be awesome. <laughs> now where are you, Chris? I, f- I forget. I know you've told me before, and I can't remember. You're at ba- Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. Okay. All right. That makes I want to live in Boston. No fair. Let's trade. I like Boston. <laughs> Boston's a, a great town. It's a city, motherfucker. Don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had price of living. Price of living here sucks. I've had smoke. some. I've had some adventures in Roxbury there, myself. <laughs> oh yeah. boy. So so what did I miss before I joined this uh, this little conversation? Well, I just remembered talking? something from last night when we had Shag on here that uh, since he doesn't have the chance to to uh, pick on Hope about it, I'll pass it on. Um, yeah, it was mentioned that that that. Um, you you did the the Star Wars panel last year, and it looked like uh, Boba Fett had eyes for you. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> well, they were very they were very upset that you did not did you did not go for it that you did not did, you did not hook up partake, ho- partake of po- partake of the fat just out of. Just I don't know to get some sort of Star Wars smiley face points or something, you know. I I don't know though. It was Monday morning. I had like three hours of sleep, like no shower. Like it's I Boba Fett. Hope me. it's Boba Fett. I know, but I don't want to make nerds look bad. I don't want him to be like, oh, the only time I was ever with a nerd, it tasted like confunk. Ew, gross. The bigger question is, who put the bounty out on your uh, <coughs> your lady parts there? The I was pet. just gonna. <laughs> oh. I couldn't do that to our kind, so I I I guess I'll always be a Bubba Fett like missionary or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a loaded that, statement. I was just too. gonna say somebody else <laughs> may take that joke. I'm not gonna. I, it's too easy. That's why I said it. <laughs> oh. oh, but trust me, if, I, if, it, if it was any other situation, I'd be like, yes, please. They, they, come they on. were very, I, they were very disappointed. They were di- very disappointed in in that they wanted that for this for the two true freaks storybook. <laughs> the the, the day the the day hope bagged. Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get him one day with that and his little dogs too. I don't well, know. They, There's a Silac pit joke in there I bu- too, but I'm not going to make it. I believe Shag was actually there and w- witnessed it and was just like, he was following her <laughs> around like Mike a little pu- puppet do- puppy dog, you know? Mike Bailey was there Boba too. We where? talked about it. Yeah, exactly. Boba Fett. Boba and, Fett and, and I just And I just want to, for the <laughs> listeners, I want to confirm that it wasn't the adult actor who played Boba Fett, but the young Boba Fett from the, the you know, there wasn't a, like, he's got to be, like, 55 years old, right? The original Boba Fett. Oh, right. he's older yeah, than that. Yeah, there's, yeah, it wasn't that guy creeping on, on Hope. It was, it was the young... Hot. The young bull. But, hot. Hot 
but, but he's but he, he, I, I've got the impression that he's quite the idiot though. I don't know if you guys, uh, Chris and Scott, remember the we we were watching an interview with him at Dragon Con on the closed circuit TV in the hotel room, and they were trying to interview this kid, and they're like, "So, have you got any interesting stories from behind the set?" No. Yeah, but that's not, not really. what we'd be sending hope out for. We just, just said it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you collect any good information? <laughs> Wait, this was this was the actual actor. This was the actual yeah. actor. Yeah, Daniel Logan. Yeah. How did you not fuck them? That come on, that's a story and a half right See? there. They're all disappointed. I would have fucked them. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that's like three degrees away from fucking George Lucas. <laughs> and and that's what we all want. That would that sounds great. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, I, I saw I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I already feel like I got fucked by but boom, boom. <laughs> Oh, that happened a long time ago, yeah. No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, I'm just playing to a stereotype. Ah, so am I. <laughs> or am I? <laughs> that's, how, that's why we hired all you guys. Yeah. So wait, I'm, I'm now, my new job is going to be the pretty one that fucks all the actors. Is job. that so terrible? No, you blew your, you blew your shot. It's my turn. <laughs> Actors, actresses, I don't care. Give me the chick that played Yana Del Gagan. I'll do that shit right now. She was... And if you don't get that Star Wars reference, then don't call yourself I a fan. Hope was making buddies with Ahsoka, too, at, at the same time. She had Ahsoka on one side. Jesus and, Christ! And, and, yeah, and Boba Fett on the other. I actually talked with her more, and I totally had a fangirl moment with her. I'd have a fangirl moment with her. Well, I didn't hey, know uh... it was her because I, I didn't recognize her, and she was helping me like get dressed and stuff. Because I, I was looking at her new line of clothes, she was helping me get dressed and stuff like that. And I asked her, "Boring." Uh, keep, keep, no, 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 no. Keep talking. I'm, I'm liking this. I, I, I have a vivid imagination. <laughs> Scott's gonna be quiet for just a moment. So you, so you and a, you and Ahsoka were helping each other take your clothes off. Keep going, what now? Yeah, and then uh, we went and we fought some zombies, and uh, we flew on an airplane together. And yeah, yeah. And then, and then we went to Maui. <laughs> Maui, okay. <laughs> okay, good. and then uh, somehow we uh, just got stuck in a hurricane. It was really wet and windy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 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 and then she started talking to me in that Ahsoka voice. And uh, I talked to her, and she called me her Obi-Wan, and I told her that she could ride my lightsaber. And, um, oh. yeah, and, and then we went and we did a panel together at Dragon Con. She was really oh, nice. did she say you must do what you feel is right? <laughs> <laughs> I got the hugest boner right now. I'm not going to lie. Hey everyone, faithful friend and acolyte of the two true freaks and gallant co-host of the Vault of Starling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, Hair Metal Hero here. Are you like me? Well, obviously you aren't as awesome as me in my mellifluous singing voice, but that's forgivable. Moving on, do you like to attend cons? Of course you do. I mean, I don't. But that's only because if I want to be seriously depressed and grossed out, I just stand naked in front of a full-length mirror. Ladies, call me. But if you do attend cons, you know what the biggest downside is? No, 
It's not the registration line, or the mobs of people, or the insane markup on bootlegs of the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's the dreaded con funk. Yeah, that's right. It's that one-of-a-kind pungent aroma that smells like stale piss, rotten Doritos, and days upon days of mouth-breathing, eyeball-licking, basement-dwelling nerd B.O. Well, I'm here to tell you that help is on the way from none other than all the hard-working scientists here at DiManzo Corp Advanced Olfactory Labs, deep below the bowels of Milan, Italy. Dufo has graciously provided a sizable grant for scent research in the brave hope that one day he can finally attend a big show, incognito of course, without having to continuously retch and gasp. And let me tell you folks, this shit works. What is it you ask? Why it's none other than Con Funk Soap. Yes, that's right. Con Funk Soap contains copious amounts of bleach, rose petal extract, and the dried up essence of the tears of the unborn. That's where the power lies. It's guaranteed to make the average congoer who smells like a flowering anus go from repugnant to tolerable. Just slather it on and let it soak in, rinse, and repeat. Don't forget to get your grundles and fupas some extra attention. Hey, no one is saying don't attend the cons, but now you don't have to smell like you do. That's Confunk Soap, another fine product from DeManzacorp. Confunk Soap, it's the least you can do. DeManzacorp of Milan, Italy takes no legal responsibility for allergic reaction to baby tears. Okay, so next one is uh, another one by Rock Legend 2. Uh, if you could tweak one character in one way, who is it and how would you tweak them? Oh my god. Well, jeez. And once again, that's a huge can of worms. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's hard to say because it's like I'm trying to think who would be my favorite character. I would probably, I, I mean, I would probably as a, as a public service want to either tweak Superman or Batman. And I guess if I'm, if I'm tweaking them, I would tweak the movie Batman back into a detective. <laughs> I would almost be tweaking it back in time. And right. I, well, what, but I would be tweaking the movie Batman. I would be making it... I would be trying to tweak him back into a developed character who's doing his job rather than a character that's constantly being, you know, reinvented every movie or put through monstrous changes every... everything. That's what I would do. And I guess it doesn't even have... I guess from the wording of that, it could be almost any character. Yeah, so it I just says make, one character in one way. So I could... I would give Indiana Jones a sex change and have him be Indiana Joan. <laughs> uh, Good yeah. answer. Um, <laughs> Is that one better? Yeah. Mine. Uh, mine's pretty... Uh, it's going to be a pretty bland answer, but uh, if I could tweak one character in one way, it would have to be Superman, and I would just give him back the the, the John Byrne origin and, and reconnect him to the, the continuity that was going along before Infinite Crisis. That's that's what I would do, because I, I liked that iteration of the character best. I think all the current problems at DC, or at least the problems I'm having with DC, can all be traced back to that moment where they decided nope, this isn't good enough for us anymore. So, that's what I would do. Huh. Okay, kids. It's alright now. Hey, it's Superman. 
All right. So now we've got another one from Pan Pan Twenty Three, um, which is a, it's it's it, there's a few parts to it, so we'll just go through them. Uh, so, which would you rather have hidden away in the back of your closet? A porno mag featuring Starfire, or one of Karen Page's films? The porno mag. I would take the porno mag too because I have a feeling Karen Page's films are not the most healthy beautiful thing <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> wasn't she like drug addicted and yeah and doing poor yeah whereas starfire is just like i like sex mm-hmm. so so i i actually remember here uh, a porno moment from our childhood scout remember you had that light board and we mm-hmm. were, we I, I remember actually taking a picture of starfire from uh it was a, probably a george perez drawing of starfire yep and drawing her naked mm-hmm and having to hide that sucker away lest my parents find it. <laughs> yep. I remember okay. that. Okay, part two. To make this a little less immature. Yeah, thanks, dude. I'd love to see you guys do another books episode. The first was a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, we could do books and but bo- We could do... Uh, <laughs> books I don't know that I could. I think I pretty much threw out all the books that I have on that episode. That was the I, I can keep going, yeah. Oh, well... <laughs> Get reading, man. They they want more books. Maybe I'll find some, maybe I'll find a more literate guest or something. Let's begin now. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R two D two beep like this. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. And par- par- yeah. <laughs> in part three, here we have. And have you guys had done an episode on V? I mean, Diana's jaw coming unhinged and swallowing that guinea pig. Now it's almost back to... Now that sounds like the actually the porno movies that I do have. <laughs> Still is one of the most awesome things I've seen on TV, next to the alien baby, which scared the crap out of me when I was 10. I only heard about that stuff. I, I didn't get NBC, and I never saw... I've never seen the original V. My roommate was like traumatized by it she's got pictures from when she was a little kid of drawing comics that she made of the original V I I don't know what I think of it because I've never seen it I'd like to see it because I imagine it's a riot I, I remember everybody talking about it in school I remember when it was on I don't think I watched it first run I saw it years later I think when it started to come out on video uh-huh. And I, you know, I enjoyed it and everything, but it, to me, it was one of those like I'm not quite sure I understand what the big deal is about this. For one thing, you know, and I don't want to piss on anybody's parade because I know that you know a lot of people really hold it in, in high regard and everything. But the the overwhelming memory I have of watching V for the first time was that it takes forever to get going. Because there's a whole stupid subplot thing at the beginning with uh, the Beastmaster, and he's out, and he's like a TV news reporter or some shit, and he's out in the field or something. I don't know. I can't remember what the hell that was all about. But that shit just seemed like it drug on for hours before the aliens even show up. And so that was my... That's the one thing I really took away from that series was that it, it doesn't just jump right into the action it, right. it gives you a lot of setup you know it, it, it's like it was uh, the first of its kind like that so maybe yeah. it, it, it was a lot more you know and it probably would have helped for us to be younger to see it and more impressionable you know than right seeing it as, as an adult remember the disaster movies of the 70s you'd have like yeah. like airport or uh 
Towering yeah. Inferno or something like that where they would throw, you know, a dozen characters at you and every one of them would have, you know, 10 minutes a running to story. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, this guy is, you know, an alcoholic and this couple's having trouble with their marriage and this guy's an old washed up actor yeah. from the 40s, you know, and you know, everybody had their little their little moment and their little story to make you actually give a shit about them when they start falling out windows and stuff, you know, later on in the movie. <laughs> right. That's kind of what V was like t- to me was the whole beginning of that was making you, you know, feel for the Beastmaster and all the other, you know, actors that were in there. And I appreciate that stuff. But when you go too long, then it just becomes like, God damn it, where's the aliens, you know? Which was what got my ass in front of the the tube to watch it in the first place. You know, Jurassic Park to me was exactly the same way. I came there to see dinosaurs eat people, not to hear about Alan Grant and his stupid bullshit, you know? So when movies do a little bit too much of setting up the characters, they lose my interest very, very quickly because I'm not there for your stupid characters. I'm there to see... You know, whatever the draw was, dinosaurs or aliens or shit blowing up or whatever. You know, I'm I'm really not there about the couple that hopes to reignite yeah. their marriage or whatever the hell, you know? Yeah, who cares? Start eating yeah. some mice, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> Start drinking some spoiled milk and getting drunk. We want to see you dance, aliens. <laughs> Well, that sort of that sort of uh, pours a little water on the next question from yeah. Boy what do you Prime. think of the new V series? I haven't seen I it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No interest. But I would. And he asks if we'd want to see the doctor kick their asses. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> yes. the doc- see the doctors kick most anybody's ass. Yeah. Yes. And then there's another follow-up by Fanboy and Miss Prime, which. Uh, was funny because we were just talking about this somewhere else. Is will you review the '80s Flash Gordon movie? I'd like to. And Pan yeah. Pan actually even goes Flash. Ah. After it. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, I have no problem. You know, if, if we were going to do that, that I would. Say, I think that that would be a good commentary one to do rather than just you know us just sitting talking about it. I think that that would be more fun to uh, to throw it on and and do a running commentary what do you think oh i would love i would i would totally be into that (laughs) we're coming near the end of this this massive list man holy cow yeah (laughs) boober nine says how about a review a movie review for highlander only the original not the four semi-sequels or the TV show. I'd like to put the qualifier shitty TV show in there. See, for me, you know, earlier in this, we were asked, you know, if you could do away with a sequel. Actually, I was thinking about that. If by doing away with a sequel... See, I'm trying to remember how that question was asked, but the way I interpreted the question is you could only do away with one sequel. And so... I really struggled with that one because I took it as, you know, if it was a movie that had three sequels, you can't make them all go away. You can only make one of them go away. Pull the worst out. Yeah. Yeah. But if if it was a thing where you could, you know, take a movie and there never was sequels to it, then that really broadens my answer to that question because two that immediately popped to my mind would be the Terminator and Highlander. They're both movies that I feel like they really, in the long run, shouldn't have had sequels. Terminator, 
Yeah, you know, some good stuff. You wouldn't stuff have gotten that TV show, man. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, show. see, the TV show makes up for, like, Terminator 2, in my opinion. But Highlander, those sequels sucked. That TV show was hey, man. just... Ugh. Where else would Art Bell got the name for his book? <laughs> you remember that? He had the quick... He's like, I call it the, the quickening. quickening. And yeah, I'm like, the quickening. That sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> Where did he get that? And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, the original Highlander, hell yeah, I'd, I'd totally be down for us doing a, uh, yeah, he says too. review, but when I when I see now review requests, I take them to mean uh, that they probably want us to do a, uh, a commentary. commentary. I could I could totally be down for doing a commentary for uh, the Highlander. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in so long. I'd love to see it again. I love that movie. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, I do. I, I truly do love that movie. I, I thought it was great, and I thought the sequels were absolutely a disgrace. Okay, uh, Dave Atterbury again. He says, at one point in my life, I was obsessed with David Lynch's Dune. I read the book, and it is one of my all-time favorite re- reads. I can't recall if you guys ever mentioned if you liked Dune or not. Um, I've seen the movie once or twice. Um, sorry, Dave. I thought it completely sucked ass. And I have absolutely zero interest to read the book. And uh, I remember you reading the book in high school, Chris. Yeah. And I remember you being tortured <laughs> by Randy for reading the book. Oh, what are you reading? Oh, this looks like a good book. Oh, how many pages? Yeah, I was actually reading when <laughs> when I was taking the bus to Syracuse to see Julian Lennon with Pete Hesh. That was the book I had along with me to read was Dune. And yeah, it's just, a, it's an awesome that, book. Made, you, the way you said that made it sound like Julian Lennon was with Pierre. <laughs> no, at one point Julian. I heard that 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 actually happened, but that's for a, that's for a two true freak storytellers episode right there. For the Pete Hesh the Pete Hesh spectac the Heshtacular. <laughs> but I I love the book Dune. Um, I love David Lynch's Dune. I love David Lynch. And David Lynch's Dune is not the end-all adaptation of Dune. But it's a fascinating movie. I really like I really like that movie. It's I saw that in the theater and was just like, this is like nothing I've ever seen before. This is, this is bizarre. It's not the book, but it's its own thing. The, now, Bill Sienkiewicz did the comic adaptation of Dune. It is phenomenal. Better than the movie. I love the Bill Sienkiewicz. The Bill Sienkiewicz adaptation of Dune, like, made the movie make sense to me. You know, I'd read the adaptation before I saw the movie, so the movie actually made sense. And it also filled in some stuff and it just looked beautiful it was as bizarre as david lynch's but yeah i i i'm I'm, hey maybe we can maybe you and i can do a show on dune and we can keep we can pull scott in for 10 minutes to talk about how much it sucked and then we can let him go (laughs) okay you're talking to dave yeah i i just i have no interest to ever sit through it again i i watched it once when it when it first came out and then years later, uh, we moved into a place 
and the 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 prior tenants had left behind like this special longer special edition VHS of the movie. And just out of curiosity, I popped it in to watch. I was like, I only ever saw this once. I thought it sucked, but you know, maybe, this, maybe this will be better. Yeah, exactly. So I watched <laughs> it and was like, holy shit, it still sucks. So yeah, I just have, have no interest to ever sit through it again. Cause it, it's just painful to me. It was, it was long and just really dull, but, uh, you know, it it might have worked better for me. It, where where they lost me with that movie was before I even got to it. There was a commercial for it I can remember running on TV where they called it, you know, they they did the the the, the worst thing a sci-fi movie can ever do in the advertising, which is tell me that it's going to be better than Star Wars or that it's going to be the next Star Wars because every time a movie does that, it it, it just well, never works. They should have known when they had David Lynch as a director that it was not going to be. At that point, though, people thought that David Lynch wasn't as fucked up as he is. This was when he. This is when people started to really like that. That because David Lynch. I mean, he's always been bizarre, but I mean, he hit it big with Elephant Man. Right, and that was like one best picture. It was wonderfully acted, and it was a kind of a straight up movie. And so people were like, "Ah, David Lynch, he's this wonderful director of the Elephant Man." They didn't know he was a, bat, you know, <laughs> bull goose loony, you know. And and Dune is full of weird voiceovers and yeah, long, strange special effects and odd awkward moments and stiff at the typical David Lynch stiff acting. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. And you know what else was great was uh, sci-fi did a, a straight up adaptation of Dune of the book. And yeah. You know, and I've a heard good things about that. It's, yeah. it's great. I think you would enjoy that because it's not about style. It's about the straight up story of it. And it's, you know, a miniseries, so they don't have to. They don't have to um, do a lot. Of, I mean, that that's a big, long, complicated book. Taking it down to a, like an under a three-hour movie is really mashing a lot of story into one one thing. So, having it as a miniseries, it, it makes a lot more sense. You know what I mean? It it it, it flows correctly, and you know. I mean, characters age, you know, over years in this, and it makes a lot more sense in, in that context. So, I, And there's even sequels. The, the Dune Messiah, I think, was made into the miniseries. That was pretty good, too. Hmm. Well, Dave continues here. He says, I've also been thinking about re-watching Total Recall lately. I haven't seen that movie in years. I would love to hear you guys talk about that movie or even better, give it a commentary. I would be completely down with doing a commentary for Total Recall. I fucking yeah. love that movie. That movie is that movie is 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 just yeah. It's a riot from beginning to end. Another great director, you know. And and yeah. I think it would be appropriate for us to do that because we've already done RoboCop, you know. You know so what's we'll... really funny is, uh, you know, Michael Bailey. I, I you know. 
he and I, I, I consider him one of my best friends. You know, I really respect the guy's opinion. We, we see eye to eye on so many things. Uh oh, I hear this a big is, butt coming. Yeah, along. this is one of the things we completely disagree about. No, I, am, I, I, I don't agree with. I remember uh, I was listening. I'm pretty sure it's an episode of his uh, views from the long box show where he was ripping on this movie one time. Is he, and I was is like, seriously? I, I have no idea. But it just really shocked me that I was like, dude, are you serious? I mean, one of the best movies of the eight, I, you know, of that, I think it was 80s, wasn't it? Or was that a oh, 90s? Yeah, it was an 80s movie. No, it was an 80s movie. And I was like, seriously? I mean, it's it's a great science fiction movie. It's a great action movie. It's, you know, if you're a fan of, of Schwarzenegger movies, it's one of the better Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah. I mean, I, I freaking love that movie and was just absolutely amazed by by him dogging on it because I don't know what's not to love in that movie. I, well, it's if fun. you were, say, say if you were a Philip K. Dick fan and you read the original story that it was based on and you were expecting it to be a serious, you know, yeah. examination. Although Philip K. Dick did write action sci-fi stories it, but it was often a serious you know investigation as to into mental insanity or what it was to be human or you know or whatever it would ha- he he was the king of the mind fuck sort of fiction and and his books a lot of times except for blade runner which what you know which took the story and changed it but still had the mood a lot of them his movies get made into just sort of popcorn movies Right. A lot of people don't really, you know, are like, uh, you know, I'd rather see. But, you know, now a couple of his movies have been made as straight up adaptations and they worked out pretty good. But goddamn, I mean, this movie, I mean, Verhoeven, Verhoeven is like the uber action director where it is an action movie, but it's not pure popcorn. It, it totally keeps you on your toes as to what's going on and what's real and what's not real. And so... It does actually capture, I I think, a lot of the Philip K. Dick elements that are in a lot of his books, but it just gives, it it puts a fun turn on them. You know, it puts a a cartoony turn and and a hyper violent, and I mean, I mean, that's a, it's a violent and. and, Yeah, uh, it was a big deal for the violence of it, of its time. Also, it was Robocop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just, you know, I like it from a completely different angle. I had actually forgotten all about the the Philip K. Dick thing and all that. To me, it was, uh, you know, along with what I thought was a really solid science fiction story and, you know, good special effects for the the day, which, although the last time I watched it, I started to think that I think the special effects were looking pretty dated in the movie. A lot of the styles and things I thought were looking dated. But, you know, all the things I liked about it, one of the great things about that movie is all the geek threads in that movie. You know, I mean, every actor that's in that friggin' movie can be traced to, you know, all over the place. You know, it's it's like playing, uh, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon with that yeah. movie because there are so many, you know, geek actors that are that are in that movie. And so it'd be fun just looking at it from that perspective of, you know, picking out all the different actors and going, okay, I remember when this guy was a villain on the flash and this guy was, you know, the voice of dark side and stuff like that, you know? So 
yeah, I would I would really be down with with uh, with doing Total Recall. I think we should bump that one way up on our uh, to do list. Well, the last one we've got here is uh, Boober Nine again. Just posted something today, yeah. saying uh, I just finished watching the Last Starfighter, and he wants us to do a a, a movie commentary for it again. I I could be down for that. I could be down for uh, the Last Starfighter, another movie that I I love. Uh, Love a lot. I, th- I think there's uh, a lot of good stuff in that one. And I think remember, that one actually... Um, what's that? Enemy Mine. I never did that see that. time period. That would be yeah, it I'm, with Luke Gossett Jr. That would be it. That, that and The Last Starfighter would be a nice little... They, they were very similar. Did you ever see Brother from Another Planet? <laughs> no. Last Starfighter, Brother from Another Planet, and and Enemy Mine were like a great little trio of, of little science fiction movies with nice ideas to them, you know, with a with a modest budget and good actors. With The Last Starfighter being the biggest budget of them all and being like a post-Tron computer effects in it. Right. Early computer effects. Brother from Another Planet is a fantastic movie with very little dialogue written by one of the greatest screenwriters of our time, uh, John Sayles, and who I believe directed it also. Yeah, that's a that's a really I thought good. Thought it was movie a comedy. Too. Is that not a comedy? No, it's it has funny moments in it, but it's a serious. It's a uh, alien, and I can't remember if he just looks black or if the the alien race look like black people or if he assumes the look of a black person. But he's trapped on Earth. E.T. style, but he ends up in the ghetto and ending up in like a TV repair place because he can fix electronic things. But, you know, there's gangs going on and stuff, and one of the most memorable things about it is he can take his eye out, and he can take his eye out and leave it somewhere and have it, you know, record stuff and then put it back in later on and, like, view it all back. And I, I don't think he actually speaks through the whole movie, so it's a whole... The actor totally does it just through facial expressions and and so it was a really, really well written, beautifully acted movie. I, I, I wish there were more sci-fi lo- movies like that. And there was like this weird little time period in the eighties where a bunch of them came out in a little burst. Oh yeah, there was a there was a shitload of them. I was just thinking about do you remember the sheriff and the satellite kid? I have I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> yeah, you've seen There was it. Explorers, was more of a big, a little bigger budget and kind of doofy, but... The Sheriff and the Satellite Kid was on HBO like every five minutes in the 80s, and it, was, it starred the big, bearded, burly guy from the Trinity movies was the Sheriff, and the Satellite Kid was, a, was an alien, and he was played by the little boy from Close Encounters. I know you've seen this movie. uh, It totally does not ring a bell at all. (laughs) Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay. (laughs) Usually uh, something like that will put a little twinge in there. It it was like earlier we were talking about the Tomb of Dracula cartoon and something was going like, I think I've seen that. You know, I have this deep within my psyche. There's something fighting to get out. Nothing with that. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing. I'm I'm suspicious that you're just making it up and having no, it go no, at I'm me. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to get me to go. Yeah, I remember that. And then going, oh, that, it never that existed, was a movie, sucker. That was a movie that came out 
of that spate of movies that came out and uh, influenced by E.T. You know, like Mac and Me and all those shit movies <laughs> yeah. that came out that were just trying to Mac ride and the coattails. Mac sponsored by McDonald's that like right. half the movie took place in McDonald's. Right. Here, but Mac- the sheriff and the satellite kid was just enough. Was it know, like just... Radio Shack sponsored or something like that? Or... <laughs> it was just removed enough from from ET and the standard format and all that that it that it had a certain charm to it. It was it was a interesting little movie. You know, I don't I don't know how you would really qualify it because it was sort of sci fi, sort of comedy, sort of family. But I'm, it, it was, I'm, it was, I'm writing this down because I'm going to once when we're all done with this late at <laughs> night while you're sleeping, I'll probably be looking up the sheriff and the satellite kid on YouTube and going. I'm trying to remember oh, what yeah, the I still don't remember this. The big I'll, guy's name was from those Trinity movies, like Terrence something. You know who I'm talking about? I have no idea what the Trinity movies are either. Oh. The tr- <laughs> The Trinity movies were they were they were cheesy ass like comedy westerns, and there was the the skinny, like kind of scurvy looking blonde headed guy, <laughs> looked like he could have walked out of like Starsky and Hutch or something. Uh, no, and then I no his, I, I think the other guy was supposed to be like his half brother or something, and he looked like Bluto from the Popeye movie. And it was just this big, huge, burly. You know, He's large. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like him. I can't remember what the hell is the actor's name. It was like Terrence, Terrence Hill Blue-tow or something Steve. like. I can't fucking remember. But yeah, look, look it up. I'm, I'm sure there's got to be a wiki or something for it somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, uh, there's got to be a cult formed around it. <laughs> somebody out there right now is going. Holy shit, I remember that friggin' movie. It yeah. was on HBO at like 3 a.m. every night or something, you know. And just, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it was, you know, Gone with the Wind too, but, you know, it was it was a fun little time killer, you know. There were a lot of movies like that in the 80s. There's still yeah. a whole bunch of them on our list that we'd like to do. Like, uh, did we ever do... Uh, the Monster Squad? I, I still don't no, think we No, we need to did. do the Monster Squad. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of, of our friends who are sort of into the Monster Squad, too. So that might be a... That'd that be a good be a Halloween, yeah. That might be a little... We may, maybe we'll have a little Halloween party with some of our pals on the Monster Squad. That They're remaking the Monster Squad, oh, I heard. For God's sake. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, but, you know. So, uh, something tells me that the, it's like the original cast. But was oh, really? Yeah. Oh, now a sequel would be awesome, but I, a remake, I don't know. Yeah. But, don't know. yeah. Yeah. I, I, could, I could go for, uh, hey, there is a wiki for the sheriff. Of the course there is. Kid. Holy course shit! Is. One morning, the little town of Noonan, Georgia. Oh, my God. The, the town I just moved here from in Georgia was, like, just down the road from Noonan, Georgia. It says, one morning, the little town of Noonan, Georgia, is thrown into hysteria when a UFO is reported over the nearby lake. Blah, 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 and it goes on. <laughs> okay, let's see here. What the hell is the actor's... Bud Spencer was his name. 
And Carrie Guffey was the child actor. He was yeah. from Close Encounters. Yeah, and I bet he looked really goofy as he got older, too. He was one of those kids that had that... He had an almost alien face. He, he could have been almost like a hybrid yeah. or something. That kid was creepy, man. <laughs> All right, Bud Spencer... Ice cream! The guy I was thinking of was the guy that was always his partner. That was Terrence Hill. The the blonde guy was Terrence Hill. But the big burly guy, that was Bud Spencer. It says he is known for past roles in spaghetti westerns together with his longtime film partner, Terrence Hill. So, yeah. And he was in, uh, what do they call it? They call me Trinity. Trinity is still my name. Um, none of these movies he was in were ever, like, big movies. You right. Know? But, uh, see, I can't think of it. I'm looking at a list here. I don't see one movie that, that I go, okay, remember this movie, you know? Don't but, worry. My eyes will be falling on him soon enough. Yeah, you got you got to look I at this. I wonder if they filmed it in Noonan, Georgia. <laughs> that would be interesting. You might yeah, have look, to take a second look at it. Of course, it would be in Noonan, Georgia 25 years before you arrived there, but... A lot See, of those towns, you know, I mean, if you filmed a movie in Carthage, New York, you know, when we were kids and now, it would probably, it could be very similar, so. It says it's an Italian movie, so I'm wondering, if, was it filmed in a Italy? Lot of, no, a lot of Italian uh, movies yeah. were filmed in America. The Italian directors would come to America to film them. Hmm. So That's part of it with, takes with, place at Stone Mountain, too, according to this. So... Yeah. Hey, maybe, gotta, maybe Demanzo knows. Maybe Demanzo. Uh, you know, he might maybe, have. Yeah. Demanzo might be able to get us a DVD or something. He'd probably <laughs> freaking charge us for it, though. I gotta see if I can find a copy of this. Holy shit! To- there was a sequel. Since it was followed by a sequel in 1980, everything happens to me. I've I've not heard of this. Holy wow. shit! And that that's a brave sequel. It's like a shot in the dark. The second pink panther movie where the title has nothing to do with the first movie so wow i had no idea that there was a sequel it's got carrie guffey in it again i gotta find these movies somewhere if you say so (laughs) oh wow says trivia here says the amusement park in which the the film's major slugfest takes place is the same as in the predecessor film the amusement park is six flags over georgia in hostel holy shit so that was the six did, did we when i came to visit you the first time we drove right by that six flags oh yeah right? that yeah, was we the sure six flags we did. drove by yep cool yep oh god now i i done it now i got to i got to find a copy of this movie <laughs> Well, I think we've about wrapped up our question and answer section of this. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I guess everybody should stay tuned. We've got we've got a couple other uh, special 200 uh, surprises coming up for you guys to listen to. So, thanks for asking all these questions. Um, you know, we we're probably hoping to get a few of them, but man, we had page after page after page on the <laughs> forum. I'm I'm psyched. And so. Uh, Officially, I guess we could say stop asking. You you can keep que- asking questions on the forum. You're just not going to hear them on the show, obviously. Right. But we'll answer them there. Uh, but everybody will pig pile on them and, and, you know, put up a question and uh, then we'll start talking about Orca or something like that. 
So basically, anybody who fe- fe- feels left out, what you got to do is get onto our forum and and sign up there, and and then you'll never feel left out again. You'll never be lonely ever, ever, ever again. You'll always have two true freaks to talk to. You always have the longest, like, outros of segments, dude. Where you, where you I just, just don't like on, to let on, go, on. man. I just don't like to let go. I'd never want it, the magic moment to end. <laughs> so that's it, folks. That's episode 200. Thank you for joining us on this special occasion for Two True Freaks. We hope you enjoyed it. Hell, I hope you made it this far into the episode. And I also hope that you'll come back each and every week for more of our mindless ramblings. But before I go, I have one last surprise. But it's a big surprise, which I am very excited to share with you. You know, we've had some fantastic and some awesome guests over the almost three years that we've been running this show now. Incredible personalities like Mark Buttrick, George Kerstick, Stan Lee, Abraham Lincoln. But for all that, there's one person above all others that I've always wanted to have on the show. One person whose opinion of our podcast I really, really wanted to get. But sadly, every single request for a guest appearance, and there were many, they all came back rejected. Time and again, I tried and I tried, whereas normally I would, you know, and often do, just lose interest and say, fuck it then. But no, you know, in this case, I kept at it, pestering, nagging, cajoling, and I am so happy to be able to announce tonight that my determination and perseverance has finally paid off. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, for the very first time on any episode, anywhere, my wife. I think that Two True Freaks is a good name for it because you are freaks. I get tired of so much of your time being wasted on this show. And I cannot believe how many times I've gotten in the car and you make me listen to it. I listen to you run your mouth all the time. I don't want to do it while I listen to you talk about comic books anymore. What else do you want me to say? That's <laughs> <laughs> You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you.
I find them illogically foolish emotions and constant irritating. Then transfer out, freak! Hey, two true freaks. This is Luke Giaconetti here recording your intro uh, segments for episode 200. Uh, if you have a choice, I I love the line, you belong in the circus right next to Dogface Boy, so if, if there's an option, I would really like to get that one, if at all possible, because that line cracks me up. Alright, I'm going to run through them now. I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! Dun dun dun! Two! True! Freaks! You belong in the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? I fucking love that guy! He stinks, and I don't like him! It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Blah, 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 no, blah, blah, blah! Alright, guys, that's it. Have a good one. Boy, is he strange. Two True Freaks, episode 200. Uh, take 900,999. See what I got. You belong in the circus. Next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. He's an asshole! Boy, is he strange. Uh, boy, is he strange. No. You belong in a circus, right next to the dogfish boy. No blah blah blah. Hello Chris, hello Scott. This is Sean Ingle, Joe Anthrax from the forums, and I'm here to record a couple of sound clips for the episode 200 thing. So, uh, without any further ado, here we go. Three, two, one. I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. Three, two, one. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. I don't know why I chose the two Falcon ones. I don't know why I chose the sex appeal one, but I think it's probably because I hear it quite frequently from my wife. Anyhow, I hope you guys are having a good day. Uh, congratulations in advance on episode 200, and uh, we'll see you on the forums. Bye. You belong in a circus. Right next to the dog face ball. No blah blah blah. Hello Scott. Look, I'm very good. <laughs> Hello Scott and Chris. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm Michael Leyland. We host Hey Kids Comics and we just want to say Happy, Happy birthday. birthday! 200 episodes. 
Can you imagine us doing 200 episodes? Yes. That'd be shocking. I'd have found a bid by then. I'd be dead by then. Anyway, as requested by Scott, we're going to do uh, our favourite clips from your intro. So, and then you can edit them as you see fit. Do you want to do the first one? Yeah, alright. Alright, you do the first one. Okay. No pressure, on. No pressure. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Very good. I'm very impressed with that. Okay. My turn? Yes. You belong in the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. That's rather hurtful. I'm sorry, I didn't mean you. <laughs> it's cool. I just don't want to do a bad William Shatner impression. It's cool. Alright, next one. Blah, blah, no! Blah. No more blah blah! That's good, that intention. Right, Michael's got a very, very special one that he wants to do because it will mean he gets to swear. And swearing, as we all know, is big and is clever. That's not what you say all the time. No, as an adult, <laughs> to my child, I would not say that. Right. Okay, carry on. So it actually is smart and clever. If done creatively, yes. Carry on. Right. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, flower flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dark kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, hard ass, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legs, spotty lips, worm headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit, what's the Tylenol? I'm a terrible parent. <laughs> Happy birthday, the pair of you. Our anniversary. Technically, it'd be an anniversary, wouldn't it? Happy yeah. anniversary, two true freaks. Keep doing what you do. Bye. Bye. Belong in a circus, you do. Right next to the dog face boy. Mm. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by the Monza Corps of Milan, Italy. And by the letters F and U. Do you know why the number 200 is so vitally descriptive to both you and me? What? It's your weight and my IQ. Now think, people. Think!